I'm Alex. And I'm Teddy. And I'm Spencer. And we are the Button Mappers. Hey, the Button Mappers. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Theodore of Time, and with me today I have Spencer of Time, Woo! Bruno of Time, <laughs> and Christopher of Time. Hey, what's up, everyone? Nobody said, hey, listen, and I want to <laughs> know why. No one wants to be Navi. <laughs> Wait, we're we're going to get Navi? enough of that during... The map out. <laughs> but before we map it out, I want to ask you guys just a real quick question. What time is it? Ocarina time. Sorry, I, I didn't quite hear that. <laughs> Ocarina time? Ocarina time. Ocarina time. Guys, say it like you mean it. What time is it? Ocarina, Ocarina time. time. Ocarina of time. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Button Mappers. We got very special guests today to help us map out this classic. Chris from BioPhoenix. And Bruno, the SNES mapper, making his way to the N64 today. And the 3DS for some. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for the invite. Yeah, same here. My pleasure. Before we get to it, what's your guys' experience and memories with the Ocarina of Time? I guess I can get started. Um, my experience is actually, uh, I was, you know, back in the day, I got the game on, you know, back when it was released in 1998. So for me, it was a magical moment um, coming from, you know, playing A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo and this being the first first 3D uh, Zelda game. The, the hype for this game was out of this world. And for me, that's a testament that this is one of the only games that was able to, to match the insane hype that people had back in the day because um you know people were just dreaming about this crazy 3d zelda game and i think it met all the expectations and hence why this game is uh i think one of the highest scores if not the highest scored game of, of all time uh, with, with with good reason all right cool chris as for me, um, I remember I rented the game many years ago. I think it was back in, like, 2000. Yeah, I didn't get an N64 until that year. Actually, no, I rented it in 2001 because I got my N64 on Christmas that year. 
But uh, yeah, I rented it. I played it once and, you know, I really liked it, but, you know, I never actually owned it. It wasn't until I got a GameCube where I got that collector's disc that had, you know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask and the first two on it. And that's how I like mainly like played it. I played through the entire thing and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Even after playing it a little bit later than I originally wanted to, I still thought it was a really good time. All right, cool. Spencer? Yeah, I played it late as well. So, you know, I'm an old man, but if I'm looking back at the timeline correctly, I played it in high school, which would mean that I played it around 2002, maybe 2000. Yeah, probably 2002-ish. I I, I was very late to having an N64. I grew up, you know, I didn't have very much. So uh, I I played it late, and I absolutely adored it. Um, And from there, I beat it a couple more times. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was definitely the best game on the, probably one of the best games in the N64, if not the best. All right. And as for me, how about you, Teddy (laughs) in Spencer's words on the itch network, I thought you'd never ask. So for me, uh, like Bruno, I played it on launch, but this was the first game I ever owned alongside Pokemon snap. And, oh, my gosh, um, you know, I'd, I'd experienced Star Fox 64, and I, I saw some people playing Final Fantasy, but they wouldn't let me play it at, like, a Super Bowl party. Um, it wasn't 7. It was, like, an earlier one. And so I, I was kind of nostalgic about those. But then when I owned Ocarina and I stayed up Christmas Day playing it, I, I was just hooked. I, I fell in love. I fell in love with video games. I You know, I played po- Pokemon Snap with my dad, so, like, that was nostalgic in and of its own right. But Ocarina of Time was, like, my game. It was my experience, and it was such a pivotal game. You know, as Bruno said, this is a game that just made waves everywhere. It's, it's considered one of, like, the first major 3D video games. Not the first. There were some on the Sega Saturn, but it was a huge endeavor. And I know Mario 64 was you know, in some regards considered like, you know, that big 3D game, but um, the developers for this game, they had like a huge team of people working on, I think there were six directors, you know, and some of them we know like A.G. Aonuma, um, I'm not sure, Shigeru Miyamoto is like the main guy running all of them, but one of their main goals was to really perfect this first real 3d adventure game and to me getting to experience what is often considered like a perfect game or a masterpiece it was really a special thing and it's it's kind of set my bar high as far as uh video games so that's my experience yeah i liked it too (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was good it's good it was all right a lot a lot of water temple but it was good So if you've never been to one of these before, listeners at home, what we do when we map out a game is we kind of walk through it start to finish, let you know our thoughts as we go, and uh, hopefully stumble on some conclusions by the end. And um, if you'd like, you know, feel free to leave your own map out in the comments or video response. Those are cool too. Uh, But with that being said, we're getting started. Ocarina of Time, where does it start? Spencer, would you do the honors? What do you want? Like a sound effect or how it actually starts? <laughs> you know, a little bit of both. I don't remember. It's something like that. And then you end up in uh, Kokiri Forest and you get to see Link inside of his house. And it's like it's like a cool, like the camera is like flying in because I think it's Navi. 
and it just like flies into the tree and into Link's little. Link's got a house, and he's only like what eight or ten. He's or got something? a he's got a penthouse. He, he's up Dude. there. <laughs> pulling tail up there. Is that like every child's dream is to live in a tree? A tree. Yeah. Hammock. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what's up with Link? Why is this is the Kokiri Forest? You know, what's yeah. up? What's up with Link? What's up with the Kokiri? What do you guys remember? What do you What are your thoughts about that area and the people there? I think the first, like, really interesting thing is you learn that you know he's the only boy, I, I guess, or child without a fairy. So, I think um, the game starts off pretty well. You know, kind of like you're asking yourself, why is he? like a special one, you know, compared to the other ones. So, and then you get to, you know, talk to the, to the other kids in the forest. And, um, you know, it, I, I thought it's a good environment because it's almost like a good training area, you know, uh, getting the, the sword. Uh, it's a good t tutorial area, very integrated and organic integrated uh, tutorial area where you, where you learned, you know, how to jump, how to interact with um, the, the characters, the Z targeting system, which was a uh, first, first time ever used. And, uh, it's still used to this day, so very revolutionary, uh, I guess, features that were displayed on on that uh, area of the game. I really like the the actual Deku tree. Well, not the Deku tree. Sorry, um, the Kokiri forest, like the house that he's in, because it shows off and the N sixty four, which they didn't take advantage of as much in other games that I thought they should have. It has some really cool pre rendered background stuff. Yeah, I like, like that. Yeah. Kind of remind me of like Final Fantasy 7 or 9, you know, the PlayStation Final Fantasies. It, it had that, but probably looked even better than those did. And for whatever reason, they didn't really take advantage of it much in this game or at all in other games. Yeah, the few areas where they used the other uh, pre-rendered backgrounds, I really enjoyed them, you know, especially in the, you know, Hyrule Castle town, which we're going to get there eventually. Yeah. But, you know, me it's gorgeous. Yeah, looks looks great. And me being a Resident Evil fan, obviously, I, I admired that, um, you know, use of pre-render backgrounds. They did it pretty well, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I definitely do like pre-rendered background stuff. Just curious, what uh, platform have you guys most recently played this on? 3DS. 3DS for me. And I played it on... Emulation with uh, the Waluigi <laughs> mod. <laughs> what a Chad. <laughs> Straight Waluigi guy. Which, um, <laughs> do you know which console version that's based off of? It's based off the N64. Uh, yeah, I'm playing the N64 one. I just finished it. Uh, interesting note, a footnote about that. The reason I bring it up is because, um, I feel like the 3DS one did take uh, good advantage of those interior designs. You know, I know even on the N64, you could change the camera angle by pressing C up. Uh, but on the 3DS, they actually fixed some of the wall textures, so they were actually clear pictures. I know later in the game, when you go to Kakariko Village, you can see, like, uh, posters for, like, Lon Lon Ranch or something. But in the N64, when they just look like a brown paper, you know, brown mm -hmm. wallpaper or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the fun aspects of the uh, 3DS uh, enhanced port, if you, if you will. Um, just looking at the detail and all the new things they they added to to the game, that was uh, half the fun of of that uh, uh, remake or port, however you want to call it. Mm. I would call it. A, maybe we should talk about it just a little bit here. I would call it a remake, basically. I mean, I think... because they they added a lot of stuff to the gameplay 
to kind of yeah, make it more streamlined. And I think that's how they label it, you know, back when it was released. And I, I agree because it's it's really fun playing with Link and see he's like updated 3D model. It runs so smooth, you know, when you roll on the ground, you know, the animations are great. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think calling this a remake is you know inappropriate or anything. Would you think that if if you if somebody were to ask you uh, like which version to play, I, I would recommend the 3DS version. I would not recommend going back to the 64 it, uh, unless like unless you really need a big screen. You know, uh, I, I I would recommend the 3DS version all the way just because of the updated graphics. Um, that's one of my fears with, with with this game. You know, the younger generations. You know, the 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 upcoming gamers. Um, being able to experience this game, I, I would probably recommend the 3DS version. Also, the the additional like the, you can touch to add certain items. Oh, like immediately. That's a lifesaver. Doesn't oh, yeah. you don't necessarily think about it too much, but when you have to equip boots, then mm. then you start thinking about it like all the time. Yeah, it made <laughs> a certain temple way easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Hyrule Castle Temple. Um, <laughs> I really like the gyroscope for aiming. I don't think it, I don't know if it improves over the N sixty four analog stick per se, uh, with certain items that we're going to get. But it's a it's a cool novelty. And yeah. I mean, granted, you know, you're holding a, if you might be holding a bulky three DS aiming it around, and it's like, you know, what a, this isn't genuine. But well, you can is. you still you can still move with the control stick. Yes, it's an option. I just yeah. happen to like the gyroscope. Two items you need before you go anywhere, because this dickhead Mido is blocking your path. Fuck um, him! <laughs> fuck Mido. Uh, <laughs> the, the sword and the shield. Uh, Bruno alluded to it earlier. The sword. Uh, actually, Chris, maybe you can give us kind of a rundown of the items here. You're the resident item master for today's map out. Um. Well... It's a sword, and you <laughs> use it to cut people. With. <laughs> I mean, can you how describe? Do you, do you want? <laughs> can you describe the sword, please? Like, well, like, what do you do with it? It's <laughs> the master sword or the Kakiri sword. It's the Kakiri sword, and it's short. And yeah, like I said, it's it's good for um, shanking people with. Yeah, <laughs> it's a money maker. Yeah, yeah you yeah. cut, uh, you cut the uh, the tall grass to get. Uh, rupees and you need 40 of them to buy the the shield which is made out of wood so it's not very good <laughs> <laughs> how many of you guys went in the back of the shop to get the five rupees oh i didn't know that um uh, i've done I that didn't. like more recently okay is how it you... outside of the shop like you have to climb the no when you go inside the shop there's like a little alley to the corner and there's a blue ruby <laughs> in the back <laughs> Another trick is like you hop over the platforms and sometimes that gives you like five rupees. Yep. I know it can be a pain like hunting down rupees for that shield. Yeah. I know if you go to like the back area towards the uh, Lost Woods entrance, I think there's like a f five uh, or a blue rupee in there. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a pain trying to collect 40 early in the game. So you get your sword and your shield. Mido says, what? How did you get a sword and shield before I did? He's like, fine, you can go see the Deku Tree. And uh, that takes us to a new location. Where might that be? The Deku Tree. Wow, the Deku Tree. Uh, what do you guys... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just describe the Deku Tree. Uh, he's kind of like your grandpa's face in a, a tree. Pretty much. 
my grandpa is not a tree. He's more of a bush. <laughs> I don't think it's the Deku bush. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, uh, it's like kind of this elder. You know, you know him as kind of like the grandfather to like the the Kokiri children. You know, um, it's kind of weird. Yes, because he gives life to all the the Kokiri childs or whatever. They can never leave the forest. But uh, you hear that he's been plagued recently, and he requires Link to get the parasite out of him. Not to be confused. So basically, you're an exterminator. <laughs> A regular Donkey Kong three. <laughs> Guys, talk to me about the Great Deku Tree. I think this? it's uh, it's similarly to the Kokiri Forest area. It's another like good tutorial dungeon. It has all the elements that you you find later in the game. You know the base, basic puzzles. You know where you have to use fire to ignite the uh, the torches, and um, I I think it's a perfect tutorial area and a good preparation for the uh, dungeons uh, to come later in, in in the game. Yeah, I I think this is the perfect starting dungeon. Like this might be the quintessential starting mission or something for any game ever. It's like you integrate it into the story. It's not really that puzzle laden, it, but it does tell you that each dungeon will follow a path that you have to kind of do this to get to this, etc. Um, so it's not very hard, but it, it teaches you the, the ropes. And uh, it's got a memorable you know, boss and it just the, the location just feels natural. So I, I absolutely this is just perfect for me. Also, it's not long. Mm, yeah yeah it's pretty short i was gonna say quiz uh question what is the code to get in the uh towards the boss battle bing 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 it's two three one yes sir <laughs> I should, I'm, I'm banning myself from any further quiz questions um did you know <laughs> that uh well okay before i get to did you know um you guys know how in like mario 64 like if you got like the wing cap and bob on battlefield you feel like you could just tear shit up yeah it, like this game with the Deku Tree, it's like vice versa. I feel like, and I was reading a little bit into it last night from some developers. Uh, one thing Eji Anuma says about one of the purposes of Zelda, and this came later, like in Wind Waker production, is that Zelda strives to achieve reality versus realism. And what he means by that is that, you know, sometimes video games as a medium try to be realistic and portray things you know, in real life, like, you know, crime or et cetera, that's realism. But with Zelda, they try to achieve reality, despite it being a fantasy, where everything you experience in the game feels real. When I play the Deku Tree, or when I get inside the Deku Tree and I'm scaling the walls, I feel like this is so real because there's this genuine threat of like me falling or, you know, like when you're at the top of the great Deku tree and it's like, you don't really know where to go. There's a giant cobweb in the middle and then you kind of experiment and then you like, you try and fall, but you try and avoid the cobweb. The, the danger feels so real in the great Deku tree. Yeah. When I think of that, I think of, I think I'm thinking like final fantasy would be the counter to that where it's like, they have characters that jump into the air and have like sword fights while flying. Like this, this goes the complete opposite way. Like if you were there, this is what you would do. Mm. It's bound by like human physics in a way. Right. Yeah. But it still tinkers with this idea of being a fantastical world with these fantastic creatures. Such as uh, the Walchulas. 
the Deku Scrubs, the Deku Scrubs. Oh yeah. And, um, Deku Babas. Mm-hmm. How do you guys like the monsters in this first dungeon? Creepy. <laughs> I don't like spiders, so. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> my friend, my boy JD is uh, has arachnophobia. So he there's like most Zeldas he ended up not being able to finish just because they have uh, spiders in them. Hmm. Uh, well, no, I'm not that scared of them, but you know, I just don't like them. <laughs> well, fortunately for you, this game is littered with 99 golden sculptures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I I like the enemies. Again, it it lends itself to being inside of a tree. You know, you'd think there might be some insects in the rotting a rotting piece of wood. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. And good foreshadowing because of all like, the spider webs. Yeah, gotta, they're like, all over the down. wall. Right. Yeah. Even at one point, there's like these mini spiders. Uh, and or, I don't know what they're called. They're like these little larva thing on the ceiling. And you can hear them like moving around as you go oh. to the basement of the Deku tree. What's in the basement of the Deku tree, though? Well, there, therein lies the parasitic armored arachnid Goma. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> AKA Crazy Eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the the boss battle, and uh, I, I I thought it was well designed. Again, it's a in typical Zelda fashion. It kind of forces you to use the item that you got for that dungeon. You know, so you use the uh, you know the items to to hit the uh, the eye that's a weak point and it's a good entry uh you know boss battle uh i thought i think so too what item is that chris it's the uh the slingshot and yeah you basically get to be like dennis the menace <laughs> <laughs> i've never owned a slingshot i i've been interested in one i never have either <laughs> i think there was a way to I just defeated it the defeated the boss in the regular conventional way using the slingshot but wasn't there a way to like if you used like the uh, deku nuts to like stun him or something I think there was like an like alternative way to uh, defeat the boss um, but I can't remember I've never done it like that are you saying that Zelda was the first game to have multiple options in terms of progression I think that's what you're saying, right? No, I think there was... Uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think there is like, a different way to beat the boss, I think, from what I remember. But I typically just b beat him, you know, the conventional way. Yeah, I guess we all use the slingshot. Yep. That's what I use. This is also an area where, um, just kind of like a, a did-you-know moment... Uh, this is, did you know, where a lot of speedrunners tend to, like, uh, exploit part of the map in order to go straight to Ganondorf. Serious? Oh, really? yeah, yeah, right in Goma's area. How do you... What? <laughs> Chris, you know what I'm talking about? I kind of do. I know, um, I've actually done a speedrunning trick for, uh, what was it, Link to the Past... Where you can like literally like save your game and exit while jumping off a specific spot, and that takes you like right to the end of the game. So I'm not really surprised that this game has something like that. Oh, 
crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I know there's a huge like following or speedrun community out there for this game, and they're always you know competing to get the uh, the world record and whatnot. But um, it's been a while since I watched one of those uh, speedruns, but they're always interesting to see what tricks they they come up with. Mm. I think it's sacrilege though, because there's so much goodness still to come. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, that's about speaking, it for the Deku Tree. Speaking of sacrilege. You gotta go to a, a castle pretty soon that has a temple in it, but you're gonna you're gonna skip that and go to the castle. All right. You gotta get through. You gotta get through the second boss first. The the owl. When you, exit the <laughs> you gotta beat the shit out of that owl. <laughs> button mash. Button mash your way through the dialogue. Kapora. Gaypora. Mm-hmm. Asshole. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, as you as you exit the Deku Tree, the Deku Tree dies, and it basically says, "Link, it's up to you. Save save the children. Um, you are the fate of Hyrule." And so you go on your way. Mido Mido stops you. He's like, "You asshole! You killed the Deku Tree." <laughs> you know, um, but not before you get the spiritual stone of the forest. You're on your way out. Uh, this little girl, Saria, we kind of glossed over her before, uh, stops you as you are leaving the Kokiri Forest. It's kind of a big moment because the Kokiri don't leave the forest. Um, it's kind of like the Never Never Land of Zelda, where if you leave the forest, you uh, it's not that you just grow up, but you become like a skull kid in the Lost Woods and you like lose your personality. Um, something like that, anyways. And you are kind of like... I think, I think uh, Saria wants your Deku nuts. <laughs> and the stick, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Hey! So, um... Yeah, it, all you know is like you you're not a true f- child of the forest and you you're like on your way out because, you know, Deku Tree had a dream. So, you go to the castle, you know, have you guys been able to make it to the castle in the course of a day? No. No. Is it possible? Yeah, I did it. I didn't realize no. it, but I did it on my uh my recent playthrough. I thought you couldn't do it in a in a day cycle. As you leave, what? this is the first time you realize that like the sun sets and you know, you go into the night mode. What did you do to get there fast? I don't know. I like followed the path and then I made a cut, but um, it, it literally I made it just before the the sun was setting. So hmm. I don't. It didn't even uh, go into night as the bridge was falling up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wait, what was the bridge doing? So you know, at nighttime, <laughs> you said falling up. That's an Alex thing. In the oh, who's this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Maybe I just miss him or something. Um, oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting nostalgic or something. Hyrule Castle. Guys, talk to me about Hyrule. Well, that's... When, when I played the, the game for the first time, that was such a great area to explore because you see a lot of you know colorfulness and a lot of people, and you get to interact with all the, uh, I guess, villagers, and just a really fun place, place to explore. Um, you know, talk to the merchants and the pre-rendered backgrounds that we were talking earlier. Uh, they shine pretty well in that area, so right. yeah, it was, it's it's just a fun area to 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 spend time in there, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the a lot of the characters in that section have a lot of personality to them. I would say, I, I felt okay, and I I don't mean this is truly a negative, but I did feel like it's a little bit disjointed, like the the Hyrule area versus kind of the rest of the game. It feels very different. 
You mean um, the town area? Yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, like it's kind of a roundabout, and you you can go to little pockets in the side. A lot but, of the stores don't open. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Like, why? That was weird. Um, but it, it's just kind of like, I, I don't hate it. Like, I like it, but it's not like the rest of the game. It almost seems like a different team built it or something. Like you said, mate, there's a bunch of different groups here. Maybe one group was like, just build the main town. Mm. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what the rest of the games looks like, but we're going to do it like this. <laughs> yeah, Miyamoto said this was a this game was a huge learning experience for him um, as far as managing multiple, uh, like a big team, like multiple teams. Because I, I almost wonder what it would have been like if you could have gotten the behind the link, the behind the you know over, over third the person view. Yeah. I wonder what it would have looked like. I wonder if, you, if there's like a, they like debug the game and you you can do that now is like run through it in that mode. Oh, um, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the very early beta of the uh, when it was going to be on the 64 DD? I saw the pictures with the metallic uh, looking figure that it almost looks like a polygon fighter from Smash Bros. And Link looks like the old school like animated yeah. version. Okay, yeah, no, I saw that too, but no, this was been known for quite a long time, but yeah, when they were making Ocarina of Time on the, the 64DD, the, the towns actually looked like uh, like 3D towns, like kind of like in um, the other place we'll get to, but yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting if you guys have seen that. No, I haven't seen that, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I always thought it was pretty interesting. They also said it was supposed to add in, like, different stuff that never was in the game. Like, apparently, like, if you walked, like, in, like, footprints and you turn off the game and turn it back on, you'd actually still see them. That would have been really cool if we got that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. wild. Supposedly, with the DD version, when uh, they realized that, like, the console wasn't coming out, like, for a long time, they decided that they would try and program it as, like, like the master quest as we know it now where like they re revamped the challenge i don't know if it's identical but like when you put the cartridge in the dd it would it would play like you could play a different version of the game hmm princess zelda what's up with princess zelda speaking of good looking towns let's talk about princess zelda <laughs> <laughs> she's got a hundred royal bodyguards that'll throw you out the gates you gotta use your MGS skills. Yeah, sneaking in. And raising cuckoos. <laughs> I would not have minded more of these kinds of mission stuff. Like, uh, like no. scattered throughout the game. I would have liked that. Well, there is technically one part like that later, but we'll get to that. It's funny because by comparison, we talked about Final Fantasy VII recently. The minigames and that shit sucked. Yeah, this is this like, great. It's it's pretty good. This is the typical kind of like Zelda trade-ish sequence. It's like, you know, Malin's outside singing. It's a little like farm girl. She's like, oh, my dad fell asleep at the castle. Here's an egg. And then like you raise the egg and then turns to a cuckoo and then like overnight. And then you use it to wake the guy up. He just happens to be sleeping in front of the boxes that you have to push forward. <laughs> so I don't know about you. Think, this is maybe, you can explain it because Link is like the destined hero. So... You know, everything he does builds up to success in okay. one way or another. This is maybe where the game starts to break from. It's kind of like, not realism, but like the, the sense of it, it being like real. It's like, come on. Like, the, this guy just happens to be sleeping in front of the boxes that are, I need to push to get <laughs> into the <laughs> castle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, there's a cool sequence where it's like you have to sneak past the guards, I guess Metal Gear Solid style. Um, yeah. What was you guys' uh, experience with, I guess, just like Princess Zelda and looking through the, the oh. windows and stuff? Yeah, with the windows, if you look through the right one, you can actually see a bunch of Mario pictures. Yeah. Yep. I do that yeah. every time. I'm always <laughs> like, mm, maybe I'll see another portrait of Yoshi or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this, this is, is the first time that you get a, a sneak peek of uh, Ganondorf, too, you know, when you talk to Zelda. And I thought that was a pretty cool uh, thing, you know, to, to be shown, you know, the enemy that early in the game. Yeah. Zelda always asks, like, did you get what I said? And then if you say no, she, like, cries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that throughout the game, it's I it cracks me up because, you know, the game gives you, like, options, but there's no way to get out of them like you always have to choose the you know the one option that will keep progressing mm. she's like so will you commit to save hyrule with me no bitch no <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> where? No, I don't know. um okay that's enough at hyrule what's up speaking of speaking of towns that are in 3d <laughs> let's talk about kakariko village kakariko <laughs> they got a spider problem <laughs> in the graveyard um i like this village this is this is like classic zelda village i like the theme music i like all the different stuff later when you come here in the game it's like you know they they've imported everything from hyrule castle here did you play uh, a link to the past yes they also had a kakariko village it was similar i guess they kind of retained the, the the feel of it yeah, same soundtrack. Same yep, same soundtrack. Yeah. Very cool. Doesn't have a cool windmill, though. <laughs> or a well. It's got a well. I lied. There you go. <laughs> it's got a well, you damn liar. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, there's a guy on a roof. Oh, no, is that later? That's, that's later. Um, anyways, there's a mountain. Has a very scary name. It's mountain of death <laughs> and uh it's kind of natural like that's where you got to go there's a royal guard block in the way you show him princess zelda's letter he's like uh go get my son a mask and you gotta get okay. is there is there a story about this mask because obviously everyone knows it looks just like uh jigglypuff so <laughs> is there like a story here or what's do we know what's going on the first mask? Yeah. That's a Keaton mask, right? Yeah. It's actually based thought... on uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's who it looks like. <laughs> yeah, after all these that years. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> can we all agree we'd like to see a Pokemon movie with Michael Keaton as Ash Ketchum? <laughs> yes. I want to see him as Pikachu. <laughs> Goron I thought it looked, village. I'm sorry. I thought I it looked like a uh, like a blend of uh, fox and Pikachu, the mask. Mm, you know? mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. It it's it has that characteristic kind of like Japanese fox looking. Is that what it's supposed to be? I guess because I'm not in tune with that. I didn't. I didn't. It just looked like Pikachu to me. Yeah, like there's a fox mask in J Japan. I forget the actual name of it, but it's like white and has like the red. I think it's what uh, it's based after. 
Okami. I think Okami was based after that. Or something. I don't remember. Really cool uh, graveyard here, too, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, it, it's big. I wonder why. <laughs> Rest in peace that, to the Sheikah. That, that graveyard is bigger than the town. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Too many people died. Back in the Kakariko Wars. <laughs> Who would have thought people would be dying when they live under Death Mountain? <laughs> Maybe you'd move. That's like everybody, everybody in, like, the, the West Coast. Just, people keep dying with the hurricane. They just move, guys. By the way, I have allergies to chickens. So I'm you raising do? these chickens on this chicken farm. I lost my cuckoos. Please help me get my cuckoos. What was it? Six of them? Seven? It's a crazy number of cuckoos. Do you have to collect them all? I don't remember. If you want the bottle. Yeah, I should have collected them all. I need a bottle. Yeah. That might be the first chance to get the bottle or maybe if you go to the ranch i don't know i know all i know is i beat this game with one bottle and it sucked mm. no no gotta get them bottles for the fairies man <laughs> and the blue fire and the blue fire yep you're gonna need that but yeah i think the uh the graveyard it's a pretty cool area you, you can i think get a the helian shield in advance for free, if you know what to where where to look for. Oh, okay. I had, I had to pay for it like a sucker. Yeah, one of the graveyards. If you pull the uh, the, the graveyard, there's a hidden area to get the Helian uh, Shield. It's okay because if you follow our ten step strategy, you will emerge a rich Hylian child. <laughs> be able to spend rupees at your pleasure. Moving on. Goron Village. What's up with the Gorons? They love eating rocks, but they can't. <laughs> what happened to all the rocks? Did they eat them all? Is this the first ever showing of Gorons, or were they technically in other games just look differently? I'm pretty sure it's the first time they showed them. Yeah, I can't think of any of the other ones. Only in later Game Boy Color games, like in the Oracle games, but those came after. Right. Okay. If there's something in the NES ones that I don't know, please correct me in the comments. Because I, I was thinking this was the first, and then I remember that NES had like a bunch of enemies in it, and then maybe they were like called Goron, I just didn't know that. And they're like, because they were mountain characters, I don't know what they were though. But how could you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> this game sucked, I don't care. Alright, let's... <laughs> What about them Gorons? I love them Gorons. That's a you're like a whole you love you because you got like my sworn my sworn brother and everything. Oh, I so for like a year I changed my YouTube handle to your sworn brother, but yeah, you know we'll talk about that. But actually, a little footnote here. Um, back in like sixth grade when I had a MySpace, I didn't want to use my real name, so I just used to be anonymous Goron. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you can't find that page anymore though. MySpace has like become a news outlet. <laughs> That's where I get my news from. <laughs> All the relevant information on Tom. Yeah. Ocarina of Tom. That's genius. Um, okay, so you, there's a couple things you got to do here. Uh, you got to 
What do you gotta do? It's like, you gotta play Zelda's Lullaby to open the door. Um, you gotta find Darunia, who's, who's like lacking inspiration in his life. And you have to play him a certain jig that will get him in the zone. Saria song. Oh, really? I thought it was uh, Beat It from Michael Jackson. <laughs> or that one. Or that one. Yeah. One of those two. One yes. Of those two. Yes. One of them will work. Actually, both. Um, <laughs> you know, we've all got one of those guys that rolls around town. You know, he just like rolls around the streets, uh, running <laughs> into people. And you're just like, like, you know, we got one here, too. That's. Oh, I hate that fucker. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Come on, dude. But I get it. Oh, I hate when that happens on my way to work. He's got a, it's, it's Todd. He's rolling today. <laughs> Hello, we're playing Ocarina of Tom, not Ocarina of Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that there's a character that literally just rolls around. <laughs> Darunia. This guy's legit. But then you go, uh, well, he tells you there's no more rocks for the Gorons. Ganondorf's put a giant Dodongus in the Dodongus cavern. And uh, he gives Let's you... Let's go kill him! He gives you the bracelet. Here we go. Here we go, go, yeah. to Dodongo. Do, now <laughs> you can pick up the uh, flower bombs. Key, key element for the uh, next dungeon. Kind of for the rest of the game, right? I mean, Zelda's famous for having the explodable walls. Yes, yes. So here it is. Start blowing them up. <laughs> <laughs> but you can only blow up the ones with cracks in them, though. You can't blow up them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get too excited. <laughs> so you're at the top of the Goron village. You throw a bomb, and in we go to the cavern of the Dodongo. Dodongo's cavern. Guys... What do you remember about Dodongo's cavern? Lots of lots of uh, fire, and uh, just another. I think it, it's a pretty clever dungeon. It's one of my favorites in, in the game, actually. Um, it's not very long, and I think it steps up the difficulty, um, not considerably, but in in a good way versus the uh, the first dungeon, and I I enjoy that. I think it feels more like a dungeon than the first one, like like a sense of evil within mm -hmm. it, which I like. And I like that there's a big imposing like skull right at the front. Oh yeah. Despite there being fire, I don't feel like this being like a fire dungeon per se. It almost feels like historic, kind of like fossil style. You do have the Dodongos, like the mini ones running around. They spout fire at you. You got these Bemos, which are these like. You know, uh, these watch stone things that, like, will shoot beams at you. Mm -hmm. You got the keys, you got the bats, you know. So we're moving on from spiders. What item do we get here? We get um, the, the bomb bag, which allows you to carry uh, 20 bombs. Is it 20? You did that nowadays, you get arrested. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think another cool thing about this dungeon is you get the first, like, um, I guess, enemy, the Lysalfos, uh, I think. The lizard. Oh, yeah. Stalfos. And this is, like, the first time you, you get to test your, I guess, Z-targeting skills. And um, 
overall like one-on-one -on -one combat skills. I remember when I first played it, I, I thought it was super fun. Um, you know, trying to avoid you know doing the backflips uh, every time they attack you. It, um, you know, it it just felt very uh, rewarding when you beat them. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say I I actually have a lot of fun with the one-on-one -on -one sword fights and uh, this one with like enemies like that. Yeah. I know it's kind of redundant, but is, isn't it? Wasn't it designed where they would only fight you one on one? Yes, like and the, they only take yeah. three hits each, and then they just jump back. So any more you try and do to that, it just kind of like bounces off of them. And it kind of ties to it, but you have to have the Hylian shield, right? Because the the regular shield burns up. Is that uh, here? It was here, right? Not but, necessarily, because they don't use fire, I don't think. Um, wasn't it the flaming bats or something? It happens yeah. later in the dungeon, yes. Yeah, ah, I think okay. if they touch you with the Kokiri shield, then it gets burnt up. Yep. Not all of us were great at this game, all right? <laughs> I lost a lot of shields here. <laughs> oh, I had all the time. They plant them all over the place, though, those Deku shields in uh, treasure chests. Uh, but my thing is, like, I don't particularly care about... Um, the sword combat, as much as I do the slingshot, uh, actually trying to take down some bats without being able to Z-target is a nice challenge. And also there's some interesting timing you have to do with the bombs. There's one wall that's like that's not directly in front of you. It's actually um, raised, and you have to time your bomb throw to uh, blow it up to keep progressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to use your basketball skills. <laughs> <laughs> if your basketball blew up yeah. <laughs> before, before you shoot it. Talk about the boss, or sure, Bruno. Yeah, well, and then you made you make your way to the infernal dinosaur King Dodongo, which is a glutton that will eat anything, including bombs. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty easy boss battle, in my opinion. Once you figured out how to uh, how to defeat him, well, all you have to do is step out of the way when he rolls around, and uh, throw bombs at, at him when he uh, opens his mouth. Yeah, this is pretty cut and dry boss battle. There's a heinous uh, block puzzle before this. Ah, yeah. Wait, I love block puzzles. Then you've come to the right place. Because you're going to be spending <laughs> a lot of time burning up deco shields trying to figure this one out. Oh, this is where the, the bats are flying at you while you're doing the block puzzle? Okay. Even worse, there's it. like a door that you open if you want to explore a little bit. And then you come back out and all your blocks reset. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> Dodongo's dumb though. Like you can literally just kind of hug the the center area in the pits yep. and just wait for him to go around you. Yep. Yeah, that area is key. Like if you know where where to stand, like he won't hit you. So I I think I was able to beat him without getting hit at all. So I thought it was pretty easy. Obviously, obviously, the first time around, you know, you don't know what to do. But you know, once you know the strategy, when you replay the game, it's it's fairly easy yeah hey speaking of gluttons the next one is jabu jabu remember him oh yeah the fish god <laughs> the fat fish god uh so here you've you've saved the gorons you're the goron sworn brother and you're making your way downtown talking <laughs> fast <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's Creek? Okay. Uh, Zelda's Creek. You're going up Zelda's Creek, 
and um, there's this guy selling beans. You can buy beans. They're not a hot commodity, so you buy them 10 rupees at first. You can plant them wherever you want, all these soft soil patches. doesn't do anything for you now, but who knows? Maybe it'll bring you good luck. And you go to the Zora area, and Princess Ruto of the Zora, the fish people, she's been missing. And there's like a, you go first to the Zora cavern. You got to play Zelda's lullaby, and you go there. Guys, what do you remember about Zora's cavern? Zora's domain. Uh, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. It's a, to me, it was a little bit of a confusing area, just making my way up, up there. Um... You have to know where to jump across the, uh, you know, the creek or river, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was fun though. Once you figured out, you know, making your way up to the uh, actual, you know, Zora's cavern or whatever, Zora's domain, and then uh, yeah, just you know, you go into that, I guess, side mission to to get the uh, the second bottle with the uh, note in it. My first bottle. First and only. <laughs> <laughs> the one. The, the one thing. I thought, I thought it was one, interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say the one thing when I was replaying, obviously I knew where to go and all that, but uh, I, I, I didn't remember, or the game didn't give me like a, a hint of, on where to go next. I know if you if you call Saria, you know, she gives you a hint or Navi gives you hints, but um, I thought that was interesting, you know, replaying the game, I knew exactly where to go, but uh, I, the, nev the game never ex explicitly say to go to Lake Helia, from what I recall. Maybe I missed something, but I thought that was interesting. Like, if, if, if I was playing for the first time, I would have struggled a little bit getting there. Yeah, it kind of, my, I, my thing kind of ties into that. It, it's weird that they would bring you... Like, they, they clearly meant for you to kind of explore this network of water-ish areas mm -hmm. but it's like a you get like a taste of it just like going in finding the bottle and then just coming back and you're like right. whoa this is a huge area all right bye let <laughs> me go right back and it's like okay Dabu Jabu's in this exit like oh okay i guess i'll go over there yeah it's just weird how it's set up i agree with uh with spencer not much purpose to like harlia um, and yeah, I think that part's probably, it's not too explicit. I know people complain about the Jabu Jabu thing, but one of the Zoras literally tells you he loves fish. Um, but then you, you have to figure out to use the bottle to get a fish. And if you're Spencer, it's your first bottle. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know what a bottle is. <laughs> <laughs> you also got to sit through Jabu Jabu's fat ass moving. Oh, oh man. Worst. That area takes like half an hour just for him to move. <laughs> This is before they invented cutscene skipping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to cut your way through this one. <laughs> um, but I, I, I would be interested to to see if I could do it again. If I could, you know, if I could get through it without a walkthrough. But you know, I guess in another life. In the meantime, there's Jabu Jabu, and you give. The I, fish. I do want to say really quick before we go into that. Um, we get we have we've had the Gorons and the what are the fish people called again? Zoras. 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 But we we technically had Zoras in in a link to the past. I think there was like a King Zora and like yep. a waterfall. And I don't remember if there were Zoras in the one the original. I feel like technically there was like a water thing. Again, I don't know if they're called Zoras back then. But like those two have just kind of lived on throughout the entire series. Zoras and Gorons. 
And I don't know if they've really created another, like, race that has lived on like that. But, like, well, even I, in the... I feel like... Even the, in current ones, the Deku scrubs aren't necessarily your allies past um, Majara's Mask. I don't know about Twilight Princess, but... I don't really see them in Skyward Sword, but I think that you see, like, these Deku-like things in uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. And then um, the another race that will come into later, but we'll say more about that. But, but yeah, I think Ocarina of Time really kicked off quote-unquote Zelda lore. And I, I have the Historia, and it maps out, like, the, the timelines of these. Oh, how yeah. they all relate. And I don't know... I'm not convinced that they had a plan that they did all connect. But I, if, if any of them connect, it's because of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I also have that huge book. And you can obviously tell that like when they were making these games, it wasn't about the story. They just wanted to just make games. Yeah. And it wasn't until later that like the fans like were kind of wanting to be like, oh, there needs to be a timeline. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can say that especially about the first few. Um, just from what I was reading... You know, those first games were primarily based around either like exploration, like testing, you know, like like testing walls to see if they blow up or so, and your combat skills because like the NES was freaking brutal. Um, but it's later that like when they brought new team members on that they tried to build in these unique text-based story elements. I yeah. even think Link at the Link to the Past had that many. No, no, no it didn't. I don't know. I, I'm cool with the stories being more by themselves. Uh, I, I don't really even pay attention to the fact that they're connected because it's not really that interesting. Who even personally. does that for like Final Fantasy? I don't know anyone that's tried to connect those storylines. Oh, no. Yeah, they're totally. Well, I guess. I mean, obviously, I think that there's like like Sid and there's some connective tissue. But yeah, it's definitely I, I think they're definitely considered separate. Even Dragon Quest, we kind of just you know, we understand that, like, there's, okay, it's a Nethian trilogy, but the other games are isolated from each other. Yeah. No, one one through three. They're connected. It's Dragon Warrior. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Dragon Quest fan. <laughs> um, guys, can we go into Jabu Jabu's belly? Let's hop in. Feed that fish. Yes. <laughs> Get sucked into the belly. Belly of the beast. Jabu Jabu. Yeah, it's my my least favorite dungeon in the game, for me personally. I don't, I don't know. I just, I I, I don't like the setting and uh, you know the the whole navigation through the you know through the dungeon. I just never never really liked it. And you know the the fact that you have to carry uh, Princess Ruto everywhere, it's a little bit of a pain. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you on that. I'm also not crazy about this dungeon. I mean, I do kind of like the setting because it's kind of different and kind of grotesque. But um, but yeah, like it, it's very it's a very tedious dungeon. And you know, and of course, if you make like one mistake where you accidentally drop Rudo somewhere, she'll like incinerate and then like get respawned back to where she was. Like, you have to do everything all over again. And she's got an attitude. You're trying to help her, and she's like, come yeah. on, man. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Dude, everybody at some point cussed out Princess Rudo while they're playing this game, right? Like, come yeah. on. Then she wants to marry you. 
<laughs> you're her betrothed. You're, you've been married to a fish. That's like warning signs right there on that Princess Rudo. Like, like she may look hot, but like she's trouble. You can totally tell she's a trifle. <laughs> this is one of the... Okay, so while I don't... I'm not crazy about the dungeon and I, I hate to put her on a switch and then like you go in a room and then you go out of the room and she's gone. Like, I don't... <laughs> I, what is that? Yeah. Um, um, I, this is the first example of the game trying to plot like some thematic element in a temple or a dungeon per se. So while I don't like the dungeon per se, I like the concept of having Ruto, but fuck that Octorok. That thing is a piece of shit that, you know, the one that goes around the, the spiny oh. circle thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. You have to be at the right distance to hit him with the, um, with the, I, the, uh, the dungeon item. Which is? A boomerang. You get to go um, Australian on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I guess uh, we can make our way down down the, the belly. To the boss? To, to that boss. The, uh, what was it? The bioelectric animode burinate? It's, I think that's how you pronounce that. Burinate. Yeah, uh, another, I think it, it was a little bit of an annoying battle for me. Um, I remember struggling this uh, back in the day. Obviously, when, once you figured out how to beat any boss in this game, it's uh, they're on the easier side. But yeah, um, I thought it was an interesting boss, you know, the with the spinning amoeba or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, not my favorite boss in terms of how it looks or anything. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like the dungeon nor the boss. Uh, in this part of the game. Spam that boomerang. <laughs> Pretty much. I agree. It, it's definitely, like, it's a cool idea. Everything about it is cool, but playing it is such a slog. I'm not into this dungeon. Alright, that's the child years. And you get the three spiritual stones. You go to the Temple of Time. Oh, you gotta get married there, too. We can game. deal with that at a later time. Um, <laughs> and and you beat the game. Well, yeah. I would say I would say hey, over. I'm trying to date Princess Zelda. She's hot. So the marriage commences. You get married to Princess <laughs> Rudo, and the game over screen occurs. Um, that's not what happens. So no. you you make you get the three spiritual stones, and you're heading back to the castle. Before you get to the castle, a major event sequence occurs. Can anyone give me a dramatic renditioning of what happens? Before Your you dreams back. come true. Oh! Link, help me! If catch Ocarina this. had voice acting. <laughs> Quick, yeah, catch, I made it catch my Ocarina! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Link, catch this Ocarina and use it for the rest of the game! <laughs> okay. That's what happened. Check out your potato, Ocarina. <laughs> Uh, and then you pick it up and you have a flashback to... Oh, actually, no, wait. Uh, Ganondorf, he, he sees you and he's like, Did you see that princess? No. <laughs> Pull out your sword. Why, are you, why are you talking about? He's like, You got guts, kid. <laughs> you got moxie. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like... And then you you get ready to attack. And he's like, You really? You sure you want to mess with this? All right. Hits you with a thunderbolt. And then uh, he's on his way. And then you wake up. 
She must be a good a good softball player because she she's she throws that ocarina like really far, man. <laughs> On horseback. Yeah. Yeah, impressive. Her name is Zelda Favre. <laughs> if if there was gonna be a spin-off, it should be Zelda softball pitches. Yeah. Mini game. <laughs> <laughs> they do have baseball in that link to the link between worlds. Anyways. Pick up the ocarina, have the flashback, learn the song of time, go to the temple, bring out the spiritual stones, and then even though Gandorf ran away, he follows you in, but um, you don't know that until you see a magic item. Chris, what's the magic item in the Temple of Time? It is the uh, the Master Sword. sword to master them all did this game come out before or after metal gear solid came out after right the same year but this game was uh being worked on for like three or four years or something oh don't give me that crap before the end they were watching happen they were watching kojima yeah they're probably (laughs) looking at each other's work being like (laughs) oh i'm gonna take this idea oh i'm gonna take that idea (laughs) what happens in metal gear solid that's so reminiscent uh, you got a spoiler alert. I'll turn off my <laughs> headphones. You've got to uh, set up these card card keys to turn off um, the metal. And this has been forever, so if I'm wrong on this, but it's something like this to turn off the Metal Gear machine. But turns out it turns it on. <laughs> okay, You've been hoodwinked. Yeah. Okay. All right. You get the sword. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Not yet. Um, okay, you get the sword, and then you, you go seven years in the future, and, and Ganondorf uh, has sent Hyrule to shit. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I remember when I played played it for the first time, and you know, you step out of the Temple of Time, and you see all the destruction and the you know darkness. I was. I remember being so upset because that first. Uh, not half of the game, but that first part of the game, you know, you 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 explore Hyrule and you have all these beautiful areas, colorful, full of life, full of people, and then you step out of the uh, you know seven years later, and everything just got has gone to to shit pretty much. And uh, I remember just being upset and just pumping me up to, um, man, I gotta I gotta defeat this guy, man. <laughs> he's gonna pay for for what he's done. Um, but I thought that was interesting, you know, just a very eerie and sad you know uh atmosphere when you step out of the temple of, of, of time very very shocking for me yeah i remember for me it was very um it was pretty surreal like just seeing like everything that you knew just changed like like that and then of course you know the zombies outside <laughs> you'll never forget that <laughs> well no they just want to hug you it's <laughs> <Just wanna hug. laughs> really bad yeah without clothes on 
Yeah, really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not into necrophilia. <laughs> what do you think about it, Teddy? I don't. Um, uh, when I oh. stepped out of the Temple of Time, there's a giant red ring around Death Mountain, so that's that stood out to me. Um, but like Bruno and you know Chris were saying, um, you know these people in Hyrule in the beginning of the game is so jolly, and you can think about the music, dun, 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 dun. and you know everyone's so charismatic. They have like very distinct faces, and then you come out, and everyone's just like this 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 gross mud muddy zombie. And then they're groaning. You can hear the groans in Hyrule Castle or the mm-hmm. Hyrule Courtyard. And it's it is really shocking. There's even like a guard in one of the rooms who's now become like this this raggedy old man who collects pose. I actually like that room for some reason. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I just like it. <laughs> mm. I like in the beginning of the game when there's a bunch of pots and a bunch of rupees, but mm-hmm. Yeah, free money. Free money. Free how money. many how many like People have made like videos and memes about that room of you just smashing pots over and over again. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. I've seen it everywhere. I've seen that before, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what it is? Now that I think about it, you know what it is that I like about that room is that it kind of feels like a safe room that you would see in like a survival horror. Mm. Because like it's like you know, there's like no bad guys in there other than that you get some <laughs> weirdo, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> 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 oh that's, shit that's, that's it home of the weirdo yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we should also mention uh in the temple of time when you become old you meet um Rauru, who gives you your first light medallion and you meet sheik yep this mysterious young boy she gets a, a ninja boy. <laughs> yeah this boy ninja and she tells you to go to the graveyard because there's an interesting item you're going to need there before you go to the forest. Guys, what's in the graveyard? Dead bodies. <laughs> True. <laughs> He's not wrong. But no, uh, you get uh, you have to do this uh, race thing with the uh, the gravekeeper that passed away. Yeah, you get to race a ghost. Yeah. And then after that, he uh, if you win, you um, you get the, the hook shot. Which... Ironically enough, when you look at the the hook shot, like in its like three D model when it's spinning, it looks like a mini rocket launcher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that hook shot. That race is iconic, though. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's on the challenging side. Like if you don't keep up with him pretty closely, he can he can confuse you. Especially when you do it the second time to get the uh, card piece. I think it was the second price i didn't do it when i replayed it now but um i know you can like re-raise them for for additional prices and stuff um i i love the hook shot it's always my favorite item in any zelda game i think it's awesome yeah i like it too I always Great. test it on like every surface like can i hook shot to this and there's a bunch of things <laughs> you can hook shot to in this game yes comes with a laser pointer <laughs> so you can bug people <laughs> works at approximately 50 meter distance all right cool so now with the hook shot you can go to the forest temple guys dramatically take me to the forest temple better remember how to get there first through the uh, lost woods oh yeah the lost woods 
This is a callback to the NES game. Is it? Mm-hmm. I had a Lost Woods. You get lost in there. <laughs> <laughs> I never imagined. <laughs> I lost my woods. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. In the NES game, you it you could go up or something, and you just end up in the same same spot, right? Spot. Yeah. So you have to know how to navigate it, and this is kind of has a similar thing, but with music, which is cool. Link's Awakening does that too. Dude, I and uh, another time. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then the uh, the maze, I thought I thought it was another interesting area, you know, because you get to see new enemies, those giant whatever they're called. Um, I thought it was uh, interesting. And you get to fight the uh, the wolves too, I think. Yeah. Mm. You actually can't target onto those um, giant like dog guardians. I don't even know what to call them. Previously, mm -hmm. when you were a kid and you go through this area, it's like Deku shrubs. But um, here it's like these, these giants, giant. you know, two-legged dog things with buff arms. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think those are actually, like, really old enemies. I think they're even in, um, Zelda 2 and the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, they have, like, the spears in the first Zelda, and then in Zelda 2, and when it's side-scrolling, they, they also have spears, too, and they're red. Red and orange. No. I'm pretty sure it's the same enemy, I'm sure. They are pretty uh, intimidating because if you get in their vantage and they see you, they come charging at you with a spear. Um, fortunately, it is like a one-hit kill if you hit them with a hookshot. Um, you can try and sneak up on them with a sword. But you get through, you get your way to the entrance to the forest temple, which you couldn't enter as a child. Sheik appears, teaches you the minuet of forest, and you hookshot your way onto a tree and enter into your first temple. By far this... my favorite dungeon in, in the game. Same here. Not mine, but this is a good one. It's very good. This is, well, first off, I think this is the first, like, I don't even know what to call it. This is the first uh, genuine, I think, proof of concept. You know, you come in here and then there's spirits of the temple, the Poe sisters. I can't remember all their names, but... Um, you know, like you, in the game, you've met these kind of like ghosts, you know, they're called Poe's and they've been generic unless you've gone to the graveyard and you've learned, uh, you know, the song, the daylight song, or whatever, the sun song. But here there's like four specifically, you know, haggard ladies that are these ghost spirits. And as you enter into the main room of the temple, they all scatter in four different directions. You guys yes, remember I, about that. I thought it was a really interesting concept. You know, the fact that you have to slowly hunt them down throughout the the temple and all the while, you know, solving the puzzles. I I, I just loved the the concept and the the puzzles in, in, in the in the temple, the setting, the atmosphere, uh, and the music too. Uh, it's kind of like an creepy, like eerie music that just suits the uh, the dungeon very, very well. And uh, yeah, the concept of the Poe sisters or whatever, I, th I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I love the music too. It's actually my favorite um, temple theme in the entire game, honestly. And uh, the thing I like is that it's like it's like kind of foresty, which makes sense, but it also has like 
it almost feels like almost like a haunted house at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, like all the different contraptions that it has, like the twisty hallway. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I love the twisty hallway. I love um, the differences in the types of rooms. Like you could be outdoors and there could be like this, this lush foresty area where you can scale yep. the walls or dive into the water, or drain the well and then fall into the well. But then there's this also kind of industrial area. And then like even with the twisty hallways, you have to like tilt the floor and then like you meet the wall masters here. If a wall master picks you up, it brings you to the start of the dungeon. So you got to watch for shadows mm-hmm. from the ceiling. Navi will always warn you about that. Yep. Just an overall great dungeon. My favorite. Definitely one of the best. The Poe sisters are very unique because there's like four very distinct battles with them. Before you even get to them, you have to fight this mini boss of these like three Stalfos. Originally, it's like one comes down, the center of the floor is missing, and then two come down when the floor comes down. And I'm not sure if you have to time it so that they both die within a certain time range. Otherwise, like the other respawns. But these are these are like the uh, the Lizzlefos battles kind of like times two i'd say they they yep. are much better at deflecting your blows and also dealing a massive amount of damage yes yeah if you're not prepared you're gonna get your ass handed this was tricky for me when i was doing a three heart run of this game oh my gosh <laughs> you get an awesome item what's that item chris yo you get the uh the bow and arrow that's a classic slingshot plus <laughs> Yeah, because apparently uh, Link's uh, hands are too big to use a slingshot. Yeah, yeah you can't use it. <laughs> or the boomerang. I didn't know you yeah, could get too like, old for that stuff. <laughs> it's like, this is a kid's toy. <laughs> can't use the chicken anymore either. Yeah, he's a boomer that can't use a boomerang. <laughs> he's a slinger. Can't use a slingshot or a stick. Um, yeah. But you can use it bow and arrow, and what you use it for is to shoot the paintings that have the Poe sisters in them, and then they appear. Um, what do you guys remember and like or dislike about the Poe battles? I I liked it a lot. I mean, from from the setup, you know, getting them outside the uh, the paintings. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept where you have to be sneaky, ma- maintain your distance, make sure that you're not you're not in their line of sight. I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting way to get them out. And then, you know, the first fight, it's pretty, pretty simple. You know, once they come out of the painting, and then, obviously, once you get all four of them out, or five, four, four, four of them, um, you get to to fight them in the main hall uh, hallway of the uh, of the temple. But a pretty, pretty interesting battle. You know, you have to. There's a little bit of a trial and error, I guess. You know, figuring figuring out wh- which you know which one is a true Poe. Uh, I forget. I think there's a trick to to know which one is the 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 one you have to hit with your with your bow and arrow. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting fight to activate the elevator. Yeah, the trick to know which one is the the right one is the one that twirls at the beginning, like as soon as they all spawn. Yeah. Yeah. excellent concept that leaks its way well into the uh into the the main fights that happen in the stage i hate that third one though with the block puzzle that that was oh yeah (laughs) did someone say block puzzle that's spencer's calling somebody like you uh, like block puzzles with time limits though oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're always throwing a curve on these block puzzles yeah they, they got to fit them in somewhere. 
figuring out how to set up the puzzle is it's not very hard but what makes it hard i think it's the time limit they give you just like enough time to you know to to complete the puzzle and aligning it too so that you're like pushing the blocks in the right direction or like pulling them they're all like in the same general vicinity but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it's just one. So it's not like a, a heinous <laughs> example of like bad block puzzles. Yeah. Hey, speaking about paintings, what about that boss fight? The boss fight? Yeah, the evil spirit from beyond, Phantom Ganon. That one. That, that's that, genius. Yeah, I love me, it. My favorite boss battle in the game. So, Seconded. I second that. Um, yep. So for me personally, I have my favorite dungeon and the favorite boss battle. Very creative, you know, the fact that he goes inside the paintings. And I guess you get a first taste at how the final boss battle would be with the, you know, ping pong of the, um, you know, with, with your sword, you know, bouncing back and forth, the, uh, the, the, his fireballs or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but that, that first part of, of, of the battle, you know, when he's on the, on the, on the, on the, on the horse, and uh, you have to figure it out, you know, where he's going to come up, come from in, in, in the paintings. I, I thought he was a genius. I think it was on like a, it was on like a, did you know, gaming thing where they talked about Zelda, about this game specifically. And they had like a whole section on this part of the game, like literally like this fight. And I can't remember what they talked about with Ganondorf, but I do remember that his laugh, isn't it like a slowed down version of one of the witches or something? I can see that actually. That's it. I was watching something about Banjo Kazooie, interestingly enough, and uh, several of the voices are actually just like either sped up or slowed down. So that was a common strategy of games at the time. <laughs> Even with Mario 64, I think Boo is like a sped up Bowser laugh or something. <laughs> what I really like about this boss battle is that it, it builds the tension. Um, you know, first off, there's like six massive portraits on the wall of like this haunted house, kind of like Chris was alluding to in the background. And uh, at any time, Ganondorf or Phantom Ganon, I should say, uh, has two projections coming out of the, the paintings. And you don't know which one of them is going to be the real Ganon until it gets like right to the edge of the painting and this portal will appear. But Z targeting fails you here. You can't rely on that as a crutch to aim the bow. So you have to be a master or like at least start to master the skill of aiming with the bow without Z targeting. That's the first stage of the Phantom Ganon battle. How do you guys like that? I think that's a great um, way to kind of get you to improve. Yeah, it's a good observation. You, you have to be on that first person view to, in order to 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 use your bow and arrow to hit him that yeah that pretty good observation you know you have to master those skills uh, with the 3ds thankfully you know that that gyroscope adjustment uh helps a lot uh, i found myself using that throughout the game and you know that was a pretty good mechanic yeah i, I don't know you guys said it all i, I liked it <laughs> <laughs> after that he comes out of the painting and uh starts attacking you head on and he starts hovering and he throws those fireballs or whatever and that's where it gets tricky too you can use the z targeting but your timing has to be so precise with this kind of like volley back and forth of the uh you know the little magic projection how do you guys usually handle that one yeah it's uh it's tricky because the timing varies after each hit you know the the, the fireball becomes faster and faster so you have to have a pretty good sense of the range of your sword attack and uh, 
yeah, it's pretty challenging, especially when you're playing it for the first time, you know, getting used to that change of pace uh, in the back and forth, you know, ping pong or volleyball battle that you're, you're having. So I thought it was pretty challenging at first, but uh, yeah, pretty, pretty epic battle. Yeah, I find that battle's a lot easier when you do the um, the down like slash rather than just like slashing horizontally. Mm. And also, if you jut the sword into him, there's a way. It's like if you push forward on the control stick and uh, the B button, you can do kind of like a thrust. Those tend to uh, if once he actually comes down, it does a little bit more damage, so it'll expedite the fight. Ah, okay, I didn't know that. People say Zelda Ocarina of Time doesn't have a rich combat system. Well, boy, do I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, anything else for the Forest Temple? Nope. Best dungeon in the game. Yeah, it's definitely a big favorite of mine. Spencer? No, I don't have anything to say about the uh, this specific dungeon anymore. Um, to me, it wasn't fire but the next one certainly is why is that because the fire temple oh we're going to the fire temple back to the gorons let's head to my favorite city goron city we're taking a trip boys <laughs> it's your boy it's your boy uh self-titled hero uh renamed why because you go into goron city and there's only one goron <laughs> and it's Spencer's favorite Goron, the guy who rolls around and hits you. He's rolling. Roll the roll the So the only way to stop him is to hit him with a bomb flower. And you learn that it's actually Darunia's son. And he's named after you. And he says, all the Gorons have, have disappeared. And, you know, Ganondorf's locked them up and it's going to, sell them off to Volvagi or like the dragon or whatever, a dragon of death mountain. And so you can ask about the dragon. You can ask about the fire temple and he gives you, I think it's like the red tunic so you can survive the heat and you can go to the death mountain. Yes. Anything for the Goron city? Oh, it's a ghost town. Yeah. That's another one of, uh, those areas where I was pretty upset when I first played it because, you know, again, you know, on the first part of the game, very lively, lots of, um, you know, characters to in interact with, and now it's desolated. So it's another area where I was like angry. I was like, I'm going to go go get this Volvagia dragon and kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go fuck him up. <laughs> it's, interesting. it's interesting to see what they do with each of the towns after, like, in, a, in a, the post apocalyptic kind of setting. Mm. Very cool. What did you think of it? Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Um, I, well, <laughs> I, I like being able to explore it in a sense because, like, well, first off, you can now buy the, the big Goron sword. Or not the not the finalized version, but, like, this the sharpened knife, I think. It's something like that. The giant's knife. Yeah, giant's knife. And... So like there's there's a few more areas to explore. There's like a sculptula on like the uppermost area where the spiritual stone was before. Um, there's even an area you can kind of explore later and get some good rupees in the top of the area. But yeah, I, I really like the Goron, so it kinda it does hurt. And I think it actually builds nicely into the theme for the fire temple. Um, which we can kinda go into now. Um, gosh, those poor Gorons. 
you go into the fire temple and it, to, to your left is the first door you can go in. And there's Darunia right there. And he's chasing after Volvagi. He's like, I, I'm not going to let the, this, this asshole kill my brothers. And he kind of sends you on your way to like to go help him out. But you can't go chase after him right away. One of the key features of the fire temple is the Islamic chant. No, I'm joking. Um, but that is true in the N64 version. Um, is the fact that the Gorons are locked up, imprisoned. And when you talk to them before you actually go and rescue them, they say, please don't eat me. So they know oh. that they're going to be feasted on by this dragon. That's like the major theme of this dungeon is you go and rescue all the Gorons and then you progress through the, through the temple. What do you guys think about the fire temple? Yeah, it's an interesting interesting mechanic, you know, being able to free up them. Uh, I thought it was funny that, you know, when you free them up, they give you a hint. I'm like, why are you giving me a hint? Just... I just save you. Just be upfront and tell me exactly what to do. You know, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's a, it's a fun mechanic because um, it's the first time you kind of have to free up, you know, the the prisoners in the game, and um, you know, I think it blends pretty well with with the puzzles and finding the keys, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting and very very uh, rewarding uh, being able to to free them up. As you progress through the uh, through the dungeon, I think you talked about the theme of this because it would be brotherhood, right? Is that how you feel about this one? Mm, well, there's some kind of like heroism too. As it is, Darunia named his son after you because you're like the the true hero of the Gorons. Um, but there's the sense of importance and the sense of direness. You know, you're gonna fight a fucking dragon, so that's pretty big. Um, it's a big deal. Pretty pretty big deal here in the, the, the Ocarina. Um, what is it that they call the uh, the item of this of this? Uh, they have a special name, the Goron. What was oh, it? The Megaton Hammer. Yeah, but they, they, the Gorons use a, a a different name to refer to it. Um, you know, because they talk about Volvagia, and you have to use this special weapon. And I forgot the name that they use to refer to the uh, Megaton Hammer. Yeah, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> it could be it's like, like the, the legendary hammer or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or the MC hammer. <laughs> and touches. The, the, Why wasn't it called the MC hammer? Ganondorf's secret weakness. <laughs> <laughs> hammer time. I love the uh, sequence to get the hammer. You guys oh, go up the uh, the spiral staircase before it lights up on fire. Yes. Oh my gosh. First off, it's timed, and then there's these fire keys running around. So poor Spencer's Deku shield. Um, doesn't matter because you're an adult anyway. But I'm a beast. Yep. <laughs> try and try and get me. Try and get me with this Deku shield. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the area, as you're ascending the spiral staircase, you can fall into the the very, like almost the very beginning of the temple. So there's this real threat of like, don't fucking fall when you're going to get that hammer. Yeah, I've died so many times on that part. Well, maybe not died, but like I messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tricky to to get it, you know, in time, just in time. If you guys have Furore's Wind, it's one of the special great fairy techniques. You can teleport back to this room at any time if you have the magic. I've got the power. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> How do you feel about the Megaton Hammer as an item? I actually like it. I think it's cool. 
don't know. I always thought like Zelda games like should have like more than just swords as weapons. Like I always thought that would have been kind of interesting. And of course with this, like yeah, I always thought it was just kind of cool to mess with. And of course you get to break rocks and all that rather than just picking them up and throwing them. <laughs> I, yeah. I like. I like how the in Zelda the items kind of have dual functionality with combat and then with the environment. And I don't really see much with the Megaton hammer. That's my thing too, is I felt it was underutilized. Great, I can hit switches with it. You do use it later, but I mean for one like very important part, but we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, you can use it to like break the uh the rocks, right? Like the other uh, brown rocks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was a I, I thought it was a good item. I mean, uh, I'm I'm with Chris there that you can. It has more functionality than just the uh, dungeon because you can use it to break rocks and you can actually use it as a weapon if you if you like you know with certain enemies. So. Yeah, I like that it it can be used in a different way against the enemies. I think maybe that's the whole point of it is it's more of like the combat variants. Like yeah. Flip some enemies over and stuff. That's cool. I'm good with that. But I do kind of have to agree that, yeah, like, I, I do wish the weapon was utilized more, but I think for what we got out of it, though, I think it is a cool concept of, like I said, like, being able to use a weapon that's not your master sword. Mm. They could they could have had it be, like, a bunch of loose nails out in Hyrule Field, and it's just like, somebody's got to pound these nails in. <laughs> got to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> We need a yeah. DJ for our next party. Someone to, <laughs> someone to drop the hammer. <laughs> it's hammer. Megaton hammer time. No, I don't know. Um, well, regardless how you feel about the Megaton hammer, you got to put it to use. And what better way than to go hunt some dragon? The subterranean lava dragon, Volvagia. Another interesting boss battle, the Whack-A-Mole. Yeah, that's yeah. what this is. Whack a dragon mole. Uh, but interesting because you know you have to have your uh, good timing to avoid his um, hair flipping, fire fire hair flipping. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, an interesting battle. You know when he comes out, you know you're uh, you can risk it. Um, you know you have that small window or time frame to hit him when he's flying above you, and if he's low enough, you can hit him with your uh, sword or hammer. Um, yeah, uh, I thought it was an interesting battle. Especially the build-up, you know, you're trying to save all these Gorons, you know, you finally freed them up, and now it's your your chance to, to slay the dragon. I think this one should have been way more exciting than it was, because the dragon himself it just looks beautiful. You yeah. Know, especially coming out of the, the, the terrain and... You know, it makes the, uh, you know, the giant rocks fall. Like, there, there is, the concept is there. But for some reason, I don't think it translates very well into the 3D battle. Yeah, I I, I, I can see that. Because um, the, the battle itself, it's pretty static, you know, with him just popping his head out, you know, of the of the holes. Um, and, and then he does come out, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. It could have been a little bit better when, especially with the presentation, you know, like you were saying, it's pretty majestic, you know, seeing him uh, being introduced. But, uh, yeah. If I remember right, when he does, like, the hair flip attack, doesn't it actually, like, take up, like, three hearts if you get hit by that? Yeah. He can hit yeah. you pretty hard. 
Yeah, so if you're doing the three heart run, like that's like a one hit kill. <laughs> those those falling rocks are a pain too. It's hard to avoid them sometimes until like the last one, it just starts falling in the same spot. Did just to deviate one second, I know we're talking about challenge, and I know Teddy played the three heart run, but did you guys uh, ever beat the master quest version? No, on three DS, no. I haven't. No, me neither. I, I I thought about playing the master quest for for this, for the purpose of this, but I, I know it, you know, it changes not considerably, but certain things change. So I just decided to stick to the original. Yeah, I have played uh, master quest before. I think I only got to uh, Jabu Jabu. I never got that far into it. Not because it was like super hard, but just because I don't know, I just didn't really feel like playing it anymore. But it was interesting though. I, I got there too, and my thing was like I just I didn't know where anything was in the dungeons, and they made it so much harder. <laughs> so I uh, I stopped there, but I would yeah. like to do it eventually. I don't want to use a walkthrough either. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I, I that's probably on my to do list for the for the future. Do you guys know the story about the music change from uh, the N sixty four version to later versions in the Fire oh. Temple? Yeah, with the music chanting. Yeah, um, from what I remember. The, well, Nintendo's uh, North American guidelines are very, very weird. Like, uh, they don't want, like, any, like, religious references in their games. So they, um, and because of that music, it was, you know, religious sounding. So they wanted to replace it for the, the later ones. Like, um, there's actually some copies on N64 that don't have that. Like, mm -hmm. I think, like, the Greatest Hits release. The golden cartridges. Yeah, like, they don't have that that music. Not all of them, some of them, so... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of weird how that worked. But I know for a fact that like, the GameCube version doesn't have it, 3DS doesn't have it, and all that. You know how yeah, like a YouTuber, you can like go to the YouTube Creative li Creative Commons library to like get music. From what I understand, Nintendo did that. They went to like the <laughs> Open Sound library and got the music for the Fire Temple, and they didn't realize <laughs> that it was like actual chanting in a you know religious. Uh, language or whatever. Um, so when they found that out, they're like, "Oh, sorry, you don't change it." Yeah, I knew they they'd removed it from uh, like future versions, but I I didn't know they did it in time to remove it from the N sixty four, like in the later versions. Yeah, interesting footnote. And after this, you Darunia. That's the name, right? Darunia. Mm hmm. Is the the fire guy? <laughs> that's, that's his title, fire guy. Put them fires out. Call the call your neighborhood Darunia. Well, if you want to put fires out, there's only one way to do it. What's that, Spencer? Water temple. What I happened to your water. excitement? Well, oh. you you put out with water. Um, and then you, I guess you could get it at the temple because, uh, there's water there. <laughs> well, before, before it becomes water, it's actually ice. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> the <laughs> vanilla version. <laughs> uh, so, okay, go to Zora Ruins and what? It's frozen over. Like the movie. Hell has frozen over. I was about to say that. <laughs> Is Sora's domain really that bad <laughs> that you'd call it hell? 
Anyways, you go to the back and the, there's an ice cavern and you go in the ice cavern first before you go to the water temple and you get a special item. What's that, Chris? Um, you get, um, I forgot. They, they belong on your feet. It's, it's a great item. Oh, the iron boots. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, not much to say about the ice cavern unless you guys have anything on it. Blue flames. Oh, I do like uh, the rupees that you get in that one, like the black ones, and they make that sound effect. I don't know. I always <laughs> thought that was kind of funny to me. Mm. It's very unique. Yeah, the silver rupees are are uh, kind of a nice little like puzzle idea. Yeah, they actually kind of remind me of the red coins from Mario. Like every time you collect one, like the music like gets more like higher pitched. Mm. It, it, the cavern has kind of a nice calm theme to it, too. Yeah. Better make sure you have your, your bottles empty <laughs> to get the, the blue flames. Yeah, poor Spencer. <laughs> I like it's either, how... a, it's either a fairy or a blue flame. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is at, at the very end when... Um, Sheik, uh, you get to talk to Sheik, and he has like this very, I forgot, I should have probably pulled it up, like this, um, I guess, phrase, I'm talking about, you know, friendship, and I think he teaches you one of the other uh, songs in there, but I remember that, uh, you know, being a, a pretty good moment in the game. Yes, it's the serenade of water, and the, the language that Sheik uses is very poetic, it's something, it, it could be like about the ebb of time, or so, the time the flow flows, of time, right, like a river yeah. or something, and, and I don't know, I remember that really standing out to me too. Um, on subsequent playthroughs. Mm -hmm. So you play the Serenade of Water and you go to everyone's favorite temple, the Water <laughs> Temple. <laughs> temple. <laughs> everyone's like tone goes down. <laughs> right, thank you for joining us, guys. This yep, is that, that, great map out. <laughs> the map out stops here for like 50% of players. Spencer, yep. can you give us a little rundown of the Water Temple? Oh, there's all these different levels to it, and you got to raise the water, and it raises platforms and stuff. It's a hoot. This this temple has every reason to be the best temple in the game. Um, but I think it might have been too ambitious for the N64. And it was very cumbersome on the N64 with the boots. You tie those together, this could be a very frustrating temple i tried counting how many times you got to put those boots on i lost count <laughs> <laughs> kind of like i lost the woods uh yeah you need the zora tunic first off uh so if you and if you want that zora tunic you got to like have the blue flame and then come back and unfreeze king ruto so i don't know how you did that one spencer um <laughs> There's three levels, and you got to play Zelda's Lullaby at every single one of these areas to raise or lower the levels. Yep. And there's like, there must be like 15 keys in this temple. Yes. It's just a very in broken, like you know, you. It's a very the pace is broken. You know, you have to put the boots on, remove them. You have to play the ocarina to to lower or raise the uh, the water levels. So. Uh, I can see why a lot of people just, you know, hate the the, the temple. In in the Ocarina of Time N sixty four version, did the Ocarina count as an item? Yes. 
Oh my god. So there, there's part of the problem of this one. Is that in this version, you need the hook shot. You need the, the boots. The air, the, yeah, the, the boots. You need the arrow and you need the ocarina. But the Wait. boots don't count. The boots, uh, you cannot equip them as an item in the N64 version, right? Mm. Right. From, from what I remember. That's a gear item, right? Start menu, yeah. You have to go back to the start menu, yeah. That's why oh, yeah. I was like, nope, I'm playing the 3DS version because I know exactly <laughs> <laughs> the water yeah, temple is going to get on yeah. my nerves. Yeah, that's the one reason why I do like the 3DS version better is just for this temple. Like, it, it makes it so much easier and not as long. Plus, if I remember correctly, the 3DS version, I don't know if, if the N64 version had this, I can't remember, but the 3DS version has, like, color-coded, um, like, uh, lines in some of the entrances or doors that kind of help you, you know, have a, a reference of where you are. And I don't think the N64 version had those um, lines. Do you mean on the map itself? Where no, it's on like the walls. The hmm. On oh, the wall. like with what water level it is? Yeah, like they they have some blue lines, green lines. Um, Even if they did, it wouldn't be distinguishable because the just the the textures of the N sixty four. The N sixty four couldn't put out color. That was a big. Problem. It couldn't put out lines. You couldn't see the <laughs> you could see the level of the water lines. So, um, you do get a cool item here, and maybe Chris, you could give us kind of a rundown of that. It is the uh, the extended uh, hook shot. And uh, you actually get it after a really awesome uh, mini-boss battle. This might be the only saving grace, in concept anyway, of this temple. Yes. Yeah, Love get... that boss battle with the Shadow shadow Link. Yes. So, Spencer, or Dark Link. Spencer, can you do a dramatic renditioning of the encounter with Shadow Dark Link? That's the sound of the swords. <laughs> you forgot the part where he runs up to a tree. Okay. Um, Look, there's a tree. Oh my god, it's me. <laughs> Sonic? Yes. Um, okay. Sonic! <laughs> That's what we came here for, folks. <laughs> um, Link, yes. So you're running up to this tree. There's no like boss in sight. The walls are kind of misty. And then um, I, I think like it, as you walk up to the tree, you can see your reflection in the water, and then when you walk past it, you stop seeing your reflection, and then you head back towards the tree, and then out of nowhere, Dark Link uh, appears, and he mimics your every attack. How do you guys usually go about uh, taking down Shadow Link? Hammer time. I use a mixture of, yeah, the hammer and um, Din's fire. Yeah, Din's fire. Just use up all your magic first with Din's fire, then just beat the crap out of him with the hammer. Yeah, if, I, if you spam the hammer, I you know you you eventually will hit him because it has a different timing. So that that's what I used. Mm. I didn't know any of that. Well, I knew about Din's fire, but I tried to do it with the master sword this time, and I don't know if you had the same problem as I did, Spencer. But everything kept like timing identically. Did I use the hammer then? Maybe I did use the hammer. I think I used like the spin attack and I tried not Z targeting and like those kind of worked for me. Hmm. 
That sounds like a pain. <laughs> yeah, doing a spin attack. Because you have to like rotate the analog stick if you want to do like a, a non-charge up spin attack. Mm -hmm. It's it's very really consistent. I actually didn't get Din's fire until the end of the game. You need it for one of the dungeons. Yeah, you really do. Unless you <laughs> have like a thousand fire arrows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will say about the Dark Link uh, section, though, I really do like the the room that you're in, like, before he spawns. I actually thought that was, like, really cool looking, where it's just, like, a floating, like, river, but then it has, like, a tree in the middle and everything's, like, surrounded by mist. I don't know, I always thought that just looked really cool. I feel like this should have been saved for something else. Just like a, maybe like a midway part of the game they could have put this in. Like, like it almost feels like a bad dream or something. Mm -hmm. Well, th this bad dream's not over because we're still in the water temple. Ah, it still <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? What what's left? More dungeon. More uh, boss, boss. long cook shot. <laughs> and an epic oh, yeah. boss encounter. Yeah, then you make your way to the giant aquatic amoeba Morpha. Which is, uh, to me, a very like underwhelming or you know a boss battle. I I didn't really care much for it. A little bit annoying trying to get the uh, the core or the heart, whatever that thing is, you know, with your uh, hook shot. Um, you know, gotta time it right. Gotta tr try to avoid the uh, the arms, the water arms, or whatever those things are tent tentacles. I think a link to the past does this kind of fight way better. Do you remember like the eyeball monster? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that 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 boss fight was awesome. I remember this something was... similar from like Link Between Worlds. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. No, I know. I know. They're similar. <laughs> yeah, it's real close. <laughs> I know. Real... It's just two words apart. <laughs> but yeah, no. I I like how they did that, and I wish maybe they were trying to emulate that. Seemed like they were trying, but it was way. It was not it. This is not it, fam. Yeah, this was dumb. I do like the sequences though, when that arm grabs you and then like throws you. If you happen to get grabbed from it, it, it does kind of like bring the pressure in. But uh, very underwhelming boss battle, especially even like Dark Link seemed more badass than this. Yeah, yeah he should have been the main boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is he the boss of the Water Temple? I don't know, but. Actually, I do know a weird fact that if you ever read the uh, the manga books of uh, Ocarina of Time, they, uh, Shadow Link was actually in um, the Shadow Temple. Mm. Interesting. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little thematic thing, too. Like, why is this amoeba the cause of Zora Domain freezing over? Not sure. Doesn't have anything to do, right? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I get the dragons threatening the the Gorons, Phantom Ganons taking over the, the forest, but what is this? Especially since it's it's not like an ice enemy or anything. It's just a water enemy. So, yeah, pretty pretty weird, I guess. Selection. Yeah. I I will say we spent a while shitting on this temple, but it maybe it's a testament to to the game itself. But this temple is still considered one of those hard temples that it's like a badge of honor to have beaten. Mm -hmm. So, 
even as a bad temple, it's like still got a place in history. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like an iconic dungeon, you know, in gaming history. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, you know, it's 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 there. I think we all have a memory of that one small key in the fucking basement. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I will be honest though, like after like replaying it on like even on like 3ds i don't think the dungeon is hard it's just tedious and of course no one likes to do it so yeah i wouldn't say it's the hardest temple ever like everyone claims it to be but it's more like it's one of the most tedious dungeons <laughs> i think that's what people should be saying not the hardest hmm. well I, and i think thematically not thematically for the dungeon but thematically with the game it kind of argues with the concept that zelda is promoting exploration because exploration in this dungeon is such a slog. Yeah. Like, they specifically make it a hindrance to explore this dungeon. I do like that every level has, like, four distinct directions you can go, or, like, up, like, three to four directions. I, I kind of got a good bearing for everything, like, by this playthrough. Like, I knew that, oh, I need to come back here when I have the long shot because of, like, how long my reach needs to be. Yeah. My sink is going off right now. I might put music over this, but I don't know if the sink has feelings about my feelings about the water temple. <laughs> Maybe that's for calling out for thematic consistency. But... Maybe there's a amoeba in there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> this is the revenge. He's freezing up the, the aqueducts. Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's move on. I'm done with the water temple. I do like Lake Hylia. When you come out... Um, you can fire an arrow at the sun and get the fire arrow. Yeah, perfect timing because, you know, the sun or, sun is rising. You, you're in that particular location. So, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're clever enough to, I guess, um, understand that puzzle that you read on the on that message, I think it's uh, it's a pretty clever way to get the fire arrows. Well, the fire arrows are important because they light up even the darkest of places. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because the next temple we have is the Shadow Temple. Oh my gosh, we're going to the darkness, the dark, dark past, because we have to go in the past to go to the Shadow Temple. Well, first off, you go to Kakariko Village. Um, Chris, do you, do you remember what happens when you go to Kakariko Village? Uh, basically... The apocalypse is happening. Yeah, like <laughs> red, and also uh, she gets like blown away by a tornado. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And then uh, they tell you that um, that in order to stop the monster in the well, you have to go back in time to be a kid because you know no one is small enough to fit in the well. <laughs> mm. It's like you got to be Bart Simpson. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he fell down the well. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is some craziness. Um, yeah, so there's like a house on fire in Kakariko Village. Um, and there's like that phantom or whatever uh, like that you can't see and like tries to take it down with a sword and just gets like, goes into a like a coma or whatever. Wakes up the next day and Sheik's like, it teaches you the melody or whatever to to like, to get there. But like, I think you need to get a certain item and she directs you to like, oh, did I say she? I meant he. Um, he directs you to like go back in time and go to the well or something and like 
this is I don't know how this works. Like you go into the the windmill, you learn the song of storms, you go back in time, you play the song of storms. It drains the well. Why do do windmills drain wells? In Ocarina of Time, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, that's all I need to know. Okay, good. Um, you do that and you go beneath the well in order to get a certain item, which is you get the lens of truth. Finally, let the truth be told. <laughs> It's uh, that's another like area where me replaying the game, I knew exactly where to go, but I don't think the game gave me a clear direction. Maybe I missed something while I was replaying, but I thought it's a very confusing like sequence of events. You know, you have to go to the windmill, play the song that drains the, the well. Then, as a kid, you have to go there. Um, I don't know. Uh, me replaying the game, obviously, I knew everything, but. Seems seems to be like one of the confusing parts of the game for me. Here's here's the problem. Um, this game never took advantage of the fact that it's a time travel game. Basically, until this point forward, mm. and it's like, like if if we were to understand like as soon as we went forward that we could the, the whole point of the game was kind of to go back and forth in time to solve puzzles, then this would have been like a no brainer. But they hadn't really done that. Like, it's pretty much been a straightforward, you're adult Link now, so don't worry about being young Link. And so to have them kind of throw this towards the end of it is really jarring. And it, it's it's like, like, I love the idea of you going back and forth, because that's definitely never been done in Zelda. And I don't even know if it's ever been done with anything quite like it since, especially in, like, the Nintendo franchises. But I love the concept of solving a puzzle by going back in time to do something and then going forward. But they hadn't established that in this game. So it was kind of like, why? And then it's kind of genius that you would you would learn that song from him in, like, because you played it in the past. It's kind yeah. of this weird dichotomy. And again, it doesn't really make sense unless you understand that time travel is the mechanic. But yeah, again, that... they, they had not put that in the game yet. Yeah, that's kind of like the hint the the game gives you because when you go to the windmill as an adult, you know that guy's like, you know that damn kid that played that song, you know, seven years ago or whatever. So yeah. that, I guess that's one of the hints of you, you know, going back in time and playing the uh, uh, the sun song. No, it's the uh, song the of weather. storms. Song of storms. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting way to 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 tackle the game. You know, going back and forth in in time. Yeah, people call that like uh, it's like an anachronism or something because it's like it doesn't make sense in the in the timeline because like this damn kid played a song that like you know made the windmill speed up. But I think you can kind of there's some suspension disbelief. Some some other kid could have came and played it in like a previous life cycle or whatever. So like I can suspend. No, no it's definitely you. I mean, but the first time, the first time that that like ever happened, how could it have been you because you never were there? It implies that you were like that. That that is a certain time travel mechanic. That's a Bill and Ted. Kind of. <laughs> but it, like it, it, it's a certain mechanic in time travel. There's a lot of different rules for time travel, and video games notoriously always mix them up and and break them. Chrono Trigger does it. Everyone they they try to use because when you're using it as a mechanic, it gets really ugly. Mm. Um, and so. If you're going for a specific lore for Ocarina of Time, it really breaks apart because it, it doesn't really make any sense.
But that's that's clearly what he meant because that's you then going back and doing it. Yeah. There isn't anybody else that does Ocarina stuff. You so it's kind of like right. yeah. from from a logistic perspective, it doesn't make any sense, but knowing it's Zelda and knowing how wonderful it is, it's like whatever. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> awesome. By the um, way, if you haven't played it, you should play Oracle of Ages. That game does time travel really well. Especially from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, uh, that's I, a good one. I've never completed that one. That's on my to do list. Um, beneath the well. What do you guys think? Creepy as hell. <laughs> oh yeah, very uh, very interesting location at, at first. You know, you don't have the uh, lens of truth, so you're kind of, uh, you know, blindsided in a way. Um, but very clever. You know, very very creepy uh, atmosphere. Almost felt like a Silent Hill game at times. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's full of traps. You can't see like holes in the floor. Yep. And then even like the mini boss or whatever. Um, dead uh, hand. Dead hand. Yeah, he's creepy as hell, man. Oh my, oh my god. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, he looks like a evil scientist or something, mixed with a redead. <laughs> he has no, like yeah. a long neck. <laughs> and you have to let him grab you with one of the hands that are like coming out of the ground. Yeah, that's the only way to defeat him. The only reason I, the only thing I recognize those hands from in later installments is when those like hands come out of the toilet in the Zelda games, and they're like toilet paper, please. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, from Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask, and then there's like a Game Boy one that does that too. I'm not sure. Oh, I, I know the one you're talking about. Which one? Maybe Awakening. Which one on the Game Boy? I'm not sure. It's like part of a trade sequence. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I think it. I should know that. It's, I I, re I replayed uh, Link's Awakening. On the switch, but um, yeah, pretty creepy uh, character. And this one is terrifying. Jesus, uh, he he can really sick you for some damage, but you can get the lens of truth and get the hell out, and that's what I intend to do. <laughs> so, um, get the lens of truth, go back to the temple of time, become an adult, play this the nocturne of shadow, and then arrive at the temple of shadow, the shadow temple. Spencer, can you walk us through a little, little uh, walkthrough of the Shadow Temple? Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> no, this was cool. Um, I like that it's like a long path instead of the other game. The other temples are are more like. There's like a hub area and then you go into like four different places. This one's more of just a straightforward path through a dungeon, which I kind of prefer personally. Um, because it just to me feels more like progression and it's like I got to get to the next spot. I know where to go. So that part is kind of taken care of. Um, and I like the aesthetic of it. Haha. <laughs> and then uh, I really thought it was cool when you got on the boat. That's oh, my... I love that part. So oh, yeah. freaking awesome. I like the atmosphere, but I'm I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the item that you use in this dungeon extensively. Yeah, the uh, the hover boots. Yep. I do think the hover boots do look really cool, but yeah, they really make your character slippy slippery though. Oh yeah. Like even when you're just walking around normally, like it still feels slippery and weird. Yep. This may be the weakest item. Actually, no, iron boots is definitely the weakest, but I'd say this is a close second. 
Um, yeah, they're used in interesting ways here. I, and I do like that you kind of get an extended jump, but, you know, in standard running, it, you look stupid. Like, just, just you know, <laughs> pacing back and forth, like, trying to, like, move forward. Yeah, the physics, like, that, you know, momentum you have to gain to get moving, it's, it's just annoying. There is something very novel about this temple, like all of the traps, I absolutely love. I Like, the fact that a wall master can pick you up in so many areas, um, the fact that there's like a hidden scythe that you have to use the lens of truth for, that's really clever. I think this one takes like concepts from beneath the well that are like these traps and, and kind of builds on them in very interesting ways. There's guillotines that drop at certain points. You know, even when you're on the ship, as Spencer was saying, you know, the ship crashes at one point, so you have to get off of it. Kind of reminds me of like uh, the Disneyland ride, Pirates of the—I can't remember—Pirates of the Gulf of Mexico or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the uh, Pirates. Get of out of the waterway! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It, it, I like that you're fighting on the boat. Like it's, that's a—it's very like. Piratey fun concept. Goonies. Mm. Kind of like it kind of like felt Goonie-ish. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it's neat. I think this one might outclass like that chanty music of the Fire Temple too. This one is downright creepy. Yeah. I agree, yeah. The, it's pretty pretty creepy. And you know how Navi usually just interrupts you throughout the game, saying like, look, move a block. Like you know, or whatever mm -hmm. she says. In this one, when you just walk into walls, like in the very beginning, it tells you about Hyrule's ancient dark, dark past. Mm -hmm. Like the dead, the depart. This herein lies the departed souls of the of the dead. And I think beneath the well did that too. But damn, this is creepy. You know, after seeing this dungeon in the the bottom of the well, I'm kind of surprised that Ocarina Time was rated E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, Especially, uh, there's a, like a little bit of blood too, right? The uh, dead hand, or didn't he have like some blood spots in his I body? I think so. I know uh, those like those racks that you see there. There is a bit of red on them. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I said, there, there's actual blood in a Zelda game. First time. And this is kind worst. of a this is kind of a tangent, but there was a time in like the '90s. Maybe even before, maybe it was like 90s and before where like children's stuff could be like ironically scary and and like, like, like Nickelodeon stuff would have actual like horror stuff and there'd be like, you know, scary stuff in it. People dying and whatever. I'm not sure when, but all that kind of went away. So what we think of is like, wow, this is kind of grotesque for a kid's game. Like back then it was kind of like accepted. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, like, anyone remember Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Jesus, that <laughs> shit was creepy as all hell, but I yeah. enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that was, like, considered normal for a kid's show back then. Now, like, they would never get away with that. <laughs> I have to say, I, I appreciate being raised on that kind of stuff and not this pacified bullshit, you know? I, like, oh, I, I, I look at cartoons, like, after my generation as a child, and I'm like, you guys gotta watch this shit? This watered-down, like fake humor crap yeah <laughs> like naming any shows but like nothing compares i really like be having been raised on like this kind of game yeah i agree 
Yeah, they didn't pull any punches with this one. I like that. I think Shadow Temple is... is uh, there's a mini-boss. They reuse the dead hand or whatever, but th I think that pirate ship really steals the show. And just some of the traps, too. I think, like, even when you get the boss key, there's, like, these, these closing-in uh, spike traps. Like, uh, yeah. Really cool concepts here. I think this one is overall... Um, a, a very solid temple. Bruno, can you I think talk the, to the, us? Sorry, no guesses. I think the music in here keeps a really good beat. <laughs> yeah, because we have the uh, Phantom Shadow Beast, Bongo Bongo, <laughs> playing playing the bongos. Oh, this is that. <laughs> he was terrorizing Kakariko Village with music. Yeah, he's, a, he's an artist. Yeah, he's playing artist. Nickelback, just like <laughs> pumping it out through the audio waves. <laughs> it's like, oh god! <laughs> I don't know what photograph he's talking about, but I wish he'd shut up. <laughs> Look at my bongo! <laughs> Look at my bongo drums! This is when I beat the drum. <laughs> when I was in marching band. <laughs> Talk to us about bongo bongo. It's an interesting concept, I guess. You know, from. Uh, I, th I like the design of the of the boss, you know, and, and the concept. The boss battle itself, I thought it was a little bit annoying, you know, trying to stay stay planet, you know, to to get the hits. But uh, yeah, uh, it's not my favorite, but not my. You know, I don't hate it either. Well, the trick is to use the boots, right? Yeah. Hmm. You gotta use the boots, the lens of truth, and the arrows. Hmm. You can't see his like main. I don't know what it. What is he? It's so weird. He's got like feet, and then like this dangling wiener with the head cut off. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Like, what are you supposed to make it? It's between the legs. It's like, what is it? What is this thing where it's like his little his his weak spot is? I don't know. No, yeah, it should have been rated M. Yeah, <laughs> this one rated M for wiener. Talking about kids game, jeez. <laughs> Straight pornography. <laughs> Some sick kind too. Um, this is no. On a serious note, this is. I'd say this is a tense battle because like he keeps. This is almost a master hand thing where he like kind of like swipes you. Mm. Um, you I, know what I, this reminded me of? What's that? Star Fox. Remind me of the Andros boss Andros? for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd say it's better hand. than Andros, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a given. I'd say I like the battle personally. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's yeah. like the the cake. You know, I, Phantom Ganon is like obviously amazing on all levels, and this one kind of like I don't know if it fails on a, like a thematic level, but it it does raise some eyebrows. Dude, I wish it would be, it would have been cool if you could hear like his beating throughout the the temple. Can you? You can hear like a light. Okay, because I played this one, I'm going to be totally honest, and I, I've said this on other things, but I play a lot of these games without sound because I'm like watching the latest thing or something. So I probably, if they did play it, that's cool, but I, they definitely should have because that'd be awesome. Yeah, you need to stop listening listening to Nickelback while you play. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you stop listening to Nickelback? Stop taking photographs. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I just open up a photograph that I feel nostalgic for and just cry a little bit. <laughs> One lone tear just drips down my cheek. My vagina explodes. Speaking of vagina, 
Um, we're going to the land of the vaginas. Vagina. <laughs> oh my god! That's a perfect segue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one is the spirit temple, spirit of vagina. Uh, uh, the Gerudo Valley. Okay, so this is like this is the last area of like the temples, and you know, you, this is where you meet a new race of of people. It's interesting. So far, we've had like Deku's, we've had Gorons, we've had Zoras, we've had the Sheikah, which are like the guardians, um, and now we meet uh, the Gerudo. Ganondorfs. The Gerudo. Um, <laughs> Fellas, t- talk to me about the the Gerudo and the Gerudo thieves. They're hot. They got hot bods. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think they work out. <laughs> they have great garb. No, it's cool. They're like they they are what Ganondorf is. Except every hundred years, only one male is born, and that man must become the king, and that that's Ganondorf, and then everyone else is just the Gerudo, the Gerudo thieves, etc. Dude, I see some great fan fiction coming out of this. I'm surprised Dude, it hasn't. What a lucky sob, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no wonder he's so power hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, okay, these are some deadly females. Uh, okay, you go, you cross the bridge. You can use the hook shot or the horse. Um, do you guys have? What do you guys usually do? I like using the horse because it's more badass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I never got the horse in my last playthrough. Okay, you don't need it. Interestingly enough, yeah, actually, it's like one of the most iconic parts of the game, and I know you don't actually need it at all. It's hilarious. Um, the Vincent Valentine of Zelda. <laughs> Epona. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it is cinematic, though. And when you cross, you learn that the, the lead carpenter, all of his main carpenter uh, underlings have disappeared. Um, disappeared. They've been kidnapped by the, the ladies, the evil ladies of the valley. Oh, gosh darn. I'm sure they're, they're just thrilled about trying to get out of there. Well, I don't know. They might get their wood cutting off. <laughs> it depends what they're into. Um, <laughs> well, that's funny. I do remember that part when you're trying to save them. They're like, they're going to cut off my cock. <laughs> no no joke. One of the guys, his name is Jiro. And he's like, hey, you're pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you want to be here? What is this? Where, why am I here? <laughs> um... Okay, you get locked up by the Gerudo thieves. That's what they're called. Um, what do you guys? What's you guys experience with that? Well, this is the second uh, stealth section in the game. From you know the Zelda. Yeah, I would have preferred that it stay the way that the other one was, where they shift the view a little bit. Yeah, this one is a little bit more tricky to to figure out what's going on. A more challenging, I thought. Yeah. There's four carpenters and you got to go through the doors and you got to find your way to like the little areas where the, the guys are being locked up. But somehow I always miss like the last one. I have a real hard time finding it. Give me a minute. Yeah. And to, to make it even more complicated, any of the guards that like see you can throw you back in the cell. And when you go to rescue each carpenter, you get into a little battle with a Gerudo thief. 
um, who have these scimitars, and if they land a certain type of attack on you, it sends you back to the prison as well. Yeah, yeah. that's really annoying. This It kind of annoyed me, but I mean, it was a, a nuisance at worst, but I think the worst thing was just like trying to navigate um, where to go here. Dude, I yeah, I like, agree. I feel like Solid Snake taking out the Gerudos with the arrow, just watching them drop. Yeah. <laughs> it was good target Boom. practice. <laughs> Dude, they're dead. I don't care what the game says. They're dead. <laughs> dead. The way they dropped like that, they slumped over. I didn't put poison darts. They're dead. <laughs> the game would not have you believe that. <laughs> yeah. And it's also funny, too. Like, when whenever they throw you out in jail, they, they just leave a window open. <laughs> yeah. How does he keep getting out of here? <laughs> we should probably take his hook shot. <laughs> I take all of his items. All you know, them. like what people do when you put somebody in jail. That's <laughs> yeah, not like oblivion. <laughs> Spencer, I'm sorry you didn't have your headphones on for this one. Because some might song? say it has a bitchin' soundtrack. Oh. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, dude. That's like my favorite song in the entire game. Spencer, Gerudo Valley, go. Well, you want me to sing it? Because I... I... Yes. I can look it up, but I I didn't hear it. <laughs> Man, that's a good song. I wish that I had heard it on the game. It's probably my favorite like soundtrack or song in, in, in the game. I um, like that I, I looked it up here, it says the genre is dance electronic. Is that true? What? <laughs> I've heard uh, remixes that I guess could. Yeah, I've that. heard a remix version that was considered that. That was actually really good. Hmm. Probably one of the earliest remixes I remember on YouTube. I remember the first remix I heard was from uh, this uh, dude named Duranigan or some shit. I, I forget, but it was actually had it was like a rock song and it actually had lyrics in it. It was kind of weird, but I actually really dug it though. <laughs> I remember one for Taltal Heights um, being really good. Anyways, um, save the carpenters. They open the gate for you. And there's like a sequence, a very interesting sequence here where it's like you have to cross the desert. I forget what, exactly what they call it. And then you go into like the phantom graveyard part of the desert. <laughs> Do you guys want yeah, to talk that, about this? Yeah, that part was uh, a little bit annoying to me. Uh, confusing, you know, in order to make your way through the uh, through through the desert. It's like yeah, you follow a... flag posts and stuff in the beginning. Yep, it's like skiing. Mm. <laughs> this would be cool in like a next gen console. It doesn't really do much for me on the N sixty four kind of graphics. All right, moving on. So there, here you are at the last temple of the game, the Spirit Temple. It's actually called like the Desert Colossus because you can see this giant colossal sphinx-looking thing outside of the, the temple area. And you make this is your, my favorite temple in the game. You make your way in, and you can't go anywhere. And that's it. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> Bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I'm just ticking around. You know, that does happen, then you come out, and um, I think Sheik comes out and says you have to go back in time. Interestingly enough, there's like two cobra statues in the front of the temple, and one says if you want to 
you know, go further in the temple, you have to go back in time. If you want to go into the future, you need the silver gauntlets. Or you need to have the power of silver or whatever. So here's another interesting, like, time travel segment. Uh, what do you guys think about, like, this this concept for the spirit temple? Yeah, I think it, it works pretty well. Um, makes Makes use of that time travel mechanic again. Um, but you know, overall, uh, to me, it's actually one of my my least favorite temples. Um, I don't know, just the, the the setting, you know, the sandy, I guess, look of of, of the dungeon itself. Um, it just didn't didn't do a whole lot for me. And you know, uh, the use of the item of, in in this um, temple or dungeon, I actually liked, you know, for some of the puzzle solving, but. Um, I, I don't know. It, to me, it was one of my least favorite places in the game. I loved how it had you go had you go through as a young Link and then as adult Link. I would have liked it to be twice as long, and you had to do it twice, switch back and forth. You had to keep on switching back to past and the future. I get why they wouldn't, because it's kind of cumbersome to do it, but I think it's cool. Chris? Um, I actually do like this temple. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, though, but uh, I do think it does have some cool aspects to it. And, um, well, I know one thing I really do like is that whenever you get to fight those, uh, the mini-bosses in this, I think that was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. Uh, combat, uh, this this might be some of the strongest. And I think uh, also, like, these little narrative quirks, like, they're getting playful at this point in the game which I really like. I really like Naburu. Um, she's like this Gerudo woman who's kind of rebelling against Ganondorf's authority. Um, and she's hailed as like kind of like um, an icon in, in the Gerudo race. Um, so the fact she's like stepping up to him and she wants to get the silver gauntlets to throw off his plan and take his treasure. And then she wink winks is going to give Link something nice. You know, like when, <laughs> when, when he gets those gauntlets for her. Um, I don't know what that is. Who? Yeah, I don't know. It could be a medallion or something. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I like this uh, this playfulness, especially like in terms of storytelling. There's also something that happens later, but we'll get there. Um, I think as far as like the, there are some cumbersome elements here. Fortunately, like the that young link section isn't too long, but that battle with like that Armo statue is is pretty intense. I don't remember if that's what they're called. Iron Knuckle. I think that's like what the mini yeah. bosses yeah. are. Yeah. Those are intense because they have like two stages. They got a thick suit of armor and they swing their axes and they go <clears throat> and like you know, Dude, they, they remind me of like down. like Wind Waker stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah there's enemies like that too. Yeah, and I think they were called also Iron Knuckle and Wind Waker, I think. Oh, neat. They don't move until you touch it or until you swing your sword at them. So, like, it becomes real intimidating. The battle just starts out of nowhere. Those are tense moments. They break the pillars. They open hearts. Um, and fighting it as Young Link with a Kokiri sword as your main <laughs> weapon, like, that's yeah. that's pretty tense. Yeah. Um, after you do that, you go out to the for right hand of the Desert Colossus. You get the, uh, the silver gauntlets, but you can't use them. And then you look down, and Nobu's getting sucked into the sand by uh, these two two witches and okay real quick yeah. i noticed something from a, a game design standpoint it told you you got the iron gauntlets but you did promise you'd give it to that girl so you should go do that they do not let you move because i would have i would have left <laughs> <laughs> and not given it to her but they don't let you do that and immediately it shows her getting sucked up 
So you mm. cannot be a bad person. <laughs> this ain't The Witcher. Well, you can reject her offer, but I think uh, you have to do it anyway. Um, yeah, the young link section is interesting, um, but there are some cumbersome moments. Like uh, you can lose your Deku shield. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the Anubis things, they kind of like, they also mimic you and you have to make them run into fire after you've stepped on a switch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. So not my favorite moments as far as like uh, some of the dungeon exploration. Um, but Chris, can you talk to us about the item that you get here? Well, other than the iron gauntlets, you get uh, the mirror shield, which is pretty awesome looking. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, but the mirror shield was also changed with an updated versions as well. Really? No. Yeah, what just like do? with the chanting. Yeah, the uh, the mirror shield, the original design was different than the um, the the ones that that were in after. Mine had a red outline and then kind of like this silvery look to it. Yeah, what was wrong with the uh, the first one? Oh, the first one had like uh, a moon, yeah. and the the moon looked like a Islamic symbol. Uh. And um, they removed it. Yeah, they removed it and they gave it uh, an original symbol that it's not. It doesn't have a triforce, but it has this. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of weird looking, but it still looks cool though. I don't think people were like begging Nintendo to remove this stuff, but I think they probably did it in anticipation. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I kind of feel like Nintendo took the initiative and did the this things before anyone like complaint i think <laughs> there was some like really hip guy at nintendo who's like we don't want to be canceled like, what well, are you talking about they're like just trust me well, i've always heard gonna that, be weird. i always heard that it was just nintendo of america just trying to follow their guidelines because you know they actually still follow those guidelines even to this day but only with like their own like properties they don't do like third party anymore thank god <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask though, are these things so heinous? Because, you know, as it is, you have a currency in the game called rupees. You know, this is, this is, I don't know if this is Indian or, uh. Like, it's a currency in India, I think, is. yeah. Okay. And then you have the Gerudos who are clearly, like, not, you know, like Japanese or American women, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, like, even Ganondorf, like, this kind of, like, pinnacle figure. And I mean, I'm not saying that those things are necessarily bad, but like, why, why, why should we get so like worked up about these things or think that like they're awful? I think they give the game a certain flavor, you know? Oh, I agree with you. I just think it's just Nintendo being Nintendo and set in their own ways and they refuse to change. <laughs> and that's yeah. all it is. Well, just like with anything, I mean, the, the chants were used and clearly they were the villains. And um, people get sensitive about that. And it's like, why would you make the people that use this chant the bad guys? It's kind of like, I, I can see it from both ways, but I think it makes sense for a corporation to be like, let's just dodge all of that and then just <laughs> put this generic music in place. Makes yeah, sense. Person, personally, it doesn't bother me, but I can, I can see why Nintendo did it. You know, they're super careful with this types of things, you know, um, so I can see why they did it. Sure. I mean, I get it. And I, I can only imagine being a person who's like 
whose values are reflected in like, and I'm being portrayed as like the enemy or something that people probably are really sensitive in that regard. So I can't speak. But the way that. I see it, someone's got to be the enemy. Why not make it the Islamic people? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Um, let's make Jesus the asshole. Um, <laughs> he's the final boss. I, I'm going to an iron piss. <laughs> yeah, fuck. G- no, okay. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, talk to us about the final boss of this one. It's not Jesus. Bruno, who is no. it? No, it's the uh, the crazy uh, witches. Uh, what was it? Kozume Kos- K- and Kotake? Kome. Kome? Yeah, Kome and Kotake. Um, and they're known as Twin Roba. Mm. Interesting so- bo- boss battle. Um, you know, with the, I guess, duality and their different powers that they can use throughout the uh, the boss fight. They also have a lot of dialogue. Yeah, they don't shut up. <laughs> Do you want to know some interesting trivia about this character? These characters? What about the best quiz question. Did you know that they are Ganondorf's mothers? I think so. I think they say huh. that. Somewhere in the they game. fused They fused together and gave birth to Ganondorf. So they didn't, like, scissor him into existence, but they did something. Fusion they clearly had a bo- had a boyfriend while they were fused together and made Ganondorf. Weird. <laughs> the ancient preserved Gerudo sperm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if you could, that's genius. Like, if you could fuse into like one one like ultimate human, and then just like freeze the sperm or whatever it would. Be. Obviously, it's a girl, but if you could do that that concept, like the egg, that's genius. Like we have the perfect specimen right here. Let's just wait until like the perfect male comes along, and then we'll make the perfect creature. Twin Rova probably... does wink at you before she fights you. That's probably like the Rock was born. Hmm. <laughs> Something to think about. Hmm. How about the battle? Stupid. It's <laughs> <laughs> the easiest boss fight. It's so dumb. You literally win by hiding behind your shield. Yeah. Uh, I think if you don't know what you're doing, trying to figure it out can be cool. But, but as yeah, soon as you get it, you get it. There's no tension once you get it. Yeah, once you know how to use it, you know, how to absorb their their attacks, it's pretty easy. But, you know, I, I guess it could be a, a challenging battle if you don't know what, what you're doing. I think the first part's trickier because the two witches are flying around and, you know, one will fire something at you. But if you're Z-targeting, you can't hit the other one. So you have to, like, you have to, uh, you have to, like, not Z-target and aim your shield and hope that one of them flies, in, <laughs> you know, around you. But yeah. then yeah. Once, once it's the second part, it's literally just, okay, absorb three hits, it, keep it aimed, go attack, you know, it's, it's kind of dumb. I do like the banter. Uh, between the ladies, they're arguing about their age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one's like, and I'm 400 years old, and what's that above my head? I'm a halo. I can't die now. And the other's like, yeah, I'm 380. And she's like, don't lie about your age. We're twins. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty pretty cool touch, you know, that the back and forth conversation. Very banjo, Banjo-Kazooie. Very rare. Mm. <laughs> this is one of those rare instances where I think the characters become less developed as they go into Majara's Mask. 
with a lot of other characters that become they have different like more well-developed stories but Komei and Kotake become much less relevant in the sequel oh yeah okay spiritual stones check <laughs> um, the six medallions check okay Ganon's castle here we Final go showdown. yes <laughs> before you go there make a pit stop at the ta temple of time mm -hmm. okay and there's there's uh there's your boy Sheik <laughs> man he's cool I like him cool dude <laughs> but that's a great dude Sheik has a dark deep secret Chris, what is Sheik's deep, dark secret? That he's a chick. Ah, <laughs> my best friend my whole life. Everything I've ever known. Uh, you know what's funny? I actually played uh, Smash Bros. Melee like just before I, I, you know, played got to that part in um, Ocarina of Time. So it was kind of spoiled for me from the get-go, but I still thought it was cool. Hmm. Revelation time. Yeah. Resident Evil. Yep. <laughs> Just look around. Um, okay, I I think Zelda, I, I've criticized her before here on the show, but I, once you see Zelda as a full-fledged female, like, adult, she actually, everything looks good. Like, she's got, like, the adornment, she's got earrings, her, you know, she's, she's well-developed. I think she's much better than she was as a kid. I think she was really annoying when she was in her kid form. But I think there's more to like here. There's a lot more to like. <laughs> you look good, Zelda. That's what I said. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, so she reveals I'll just turn that... back into Sheik real quick. So she reveals that she's not a man. Um, and Spencer's wildest dreams can come true. And I think she, she shows you her hand. She's like, and I have the Triforce of, of wisdom. And, and you have the Triforce of courage. And and this is what Ganondorf was after all these years. And Power Ranger behold, music plays. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I got the wisdom. It's Morphin time. <laughs> here, here comes Ganon, Ganondorf for, for Ganonmorph. Ganonmorphin time. Um, he, yeah. he imprisons Zelda in a crystal, steals her away, and takes her to his castle. You Why didn't you just do that to you? Gotta cross the uh, rainbow... Uh, Rainbow Road first to get <laughs> to the castle. That's true. You go to Ganon's castle. It's it's a wasteland. It used to be Hyrule, but now it's floating over the fire, the the lava oh, yeah. pit. Yeah, that was pretty pretty epic when you when you get there for the first time. Hmm. Also, if I remember right, off to the side, you get to pick up a giant rock. Not yet, because you're not strong enough. Okay, that's right. Yeah, they give it to you in the last ten minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Ganon's castle. Here we are, guys everything we've been fighting for i lost my red tunic in the red thing the, the red dungeon how did you lose a tunic you can burn it up how do you burn up a red tunic it's for fire <laughs> wait oh no 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 no! sorry one of the like like stole it oh that's right i forgot that can happen <laughs> you didn't get it. i didn't have it i didn't bother to go get another one i just ran through it as fast as i could uh, yeah yeah there's, uh, you have to go through like the six temple representations to go free the spirits to unleash the barrier to go ascend Ganon's castle. 
I think there's ominous like piano music playing as you you're scaling it. Oh yeah, I love that. What's you guys' uh, uh, impressions of Ganon's castle? Yeah, I like the theme that you have to go back, kind of like to the uh, old themes, you know, for all the temples. Um, you know, it it just kind of it's a good. Um, I guess summary of what you've been through in the game, and just a good lead up to to you know to the final battle. I actually prefer the way they did it like this rather than just like making you like refight all the bosses again. I think um, that would have been kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, I can see they could have taken the easy way out and, and do that, but I prefer I prefer it this way as well. So many games do that, like yeah. Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was, you're right though, this is actually really clever. Uh, and these like mini challenges are cool. They are kind of representative of the puzzles you would see in uh, those dungeons. You do get a very special item here, it's the last item of the game. Oh, I should also mention that Zelda gave you the light arrow in the Temple of Time. Duh. Oh, oh no. Yeah. The. You know, I remember someone like told me that there is like a cheat code where you get to unlock dark arrows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually believed it too, but you know, obviously it wasn't true. But yeah, that <laughs> would have been kind of cool if that was though. What's the but... point of ice arrows in this game? You know, that's a good point. I don't know, to put out a torch, I guess. They, they aren't used at all. Like you, you the only way to get them is like the Gerudo challenge. Which isn't mandated, and then like there's no there's no mandated function that I've seen in the game. Yeah, it's just right. one of those cool side things. Like you don't need the, the big sword, big Goron sword. Mm. Yeah, I always struggled getting that sword. I only yeah. was able to do it once. But anyways, as for the final item you get is the golden gauntlet. So you can basically throw out those silver ones that you worked hard for. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Nibiru. I'm gonna fulfill my promise. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then like I said, you go off to the side of Gans Castle and you get to pick up a giant rock and throw it over your head. Fuck. <laughs> get some epic fairy power. Has yeah, that... all damage. Yeah, that's the one that uh, makes your health like surrounded with the white, right? Oh, so, is that the yeah. visual representation? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Good stuff. And once you free the six spirits, you can go up the up the castle, and you fight a couple mini bosses. You fight the Lizzlefos. I think they call them Dinalfos. This is the first time you've seen them in the game. Um, you can you fight uh, the the Iron Knuckles. There's two of them. There's like a white and a black one. They almost look like chess pieces. You fight some Stalfos, and um, here we are, Bruno. Yeah, the uh, King of Evil, Ganondorf, um, in his first form. Uh, kind of like a similar battle to the Phantom Ganon, you know, with the going back and forth with the whatever he fireballs he throws uh, at you. But a little bit more challenging, you know, the uh, the pacing, the, the timing. Um, it can be pretty tricky, but a pretty memorable fight, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that you, when you stun him, you also have to hit him with the light arrow. Yes. And that's when like... the, uh, you make use of that item. Yep. 
Also, no Z targeting, so you have to aim manually for it. So better hope you don't miss and that you have full magic power. Yes. Yeah. I actually do think it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, when you first get to that room, he has, like, a huge, like, organ, and then as soon as the boss fight, it just literally disappears. It's <laughs> got <laughs> one of them disappearing organs. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But no, that, that fight's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, like, a more tougher version of um, Phantom Ganon. Which this that concept of volleying goes back to at least a link to the past. I'm yeah. not an expert on the, the Zelda's prior, so I can't tell you that. But I'm pretty sure it started with Link to the Past. Yeah, I can't think of uh, if it was in Zelda one or two. I know it was two. I've actually still never beaten because it's hard. But I remember I still watching love it, you. Though. I remember watching you stream that game. You do? God, that was like so long ago, probably. Yeah, it was. Well, I was like, I'm glad he's playing it because I'll never play. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really yeah, like cool, that uh, cool first, first uh, form. I think it's a really intense battle if you fall through the floor because he, he drops down and like breaks the floor. Um, you gotta climb your way back up and then hope he doesn't hit you. There's pots down there so you can get restock on arrow and magic from like eight pots. But... Uh, yeah, this is also cute. like this is also like the, one of those iconic scenes in the game because you always see pictures like artwork or whatever from this fight. Yeah, it, there's a famous um, artwork that's uh, yeah pretty epic, you know, of Link and Ganondor fighting. It's one of my favorite. Oh yeah, actually, do you guys remember uh, the when the GameCube was coming out? They showed like a tech demo of like a, a Link and a Ganondor fight, and a lot of people were thinking it was going to be the next Zelda game. Yeah, but I remember. Yeah. yeah, I always thought that was like really freaking cool. And then, of course, you know, we got Wind Waker, which looked nothing like that at all, but... Oh my god, the ultimate troll. Yeah, but I still <laughs> love Wind Waker, though. Oh, yeah, freaking great. The only Zelda trailer I remember is the one for, like, Twilight Princess before the wolf concept was shown. So you saw, like, Link on the bridge, and, like, people were cheering when they saw this 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 uh, new 3D realization of Zelda. They got out of their seats. It was, like, an E3 press conference or something. Oh, I think I remember that, too, actually. That's one of those historic ones where people just were flipping their shit like over it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's first form. Great game, guys. Yeah, no, and then the the uh, transformation, I guess, to to Ganon, which is the uh, another epic battle. Love that um, sequence in the game. You know, um, fighting him and then Princess Zelda helping you. Um, hold the, you know, hold the, uh, or attacking him, you know, using her last ounce of power, you know, to, to, for you to finish him off. Before that happens, you actually have to, the, the tower starts crumbling and you have to de-escalate it. You have like three minutes to do so. Yeah, yeah, the escape sequence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Zelda walks in like the most like inconvenient <laughs> pattern <laughs> just to screw with you. And whenever you get hit by a boulder, she goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the animation is so weird when she's, she's you know, running. Yeah. I hate this. There's this one segment like where she gets trapped in fire and then there's two Stalfos, my least favorite guys because like the, the combat with them is so annoying yeah and you're you're timed and you have to take both of them down and yep. granted you're gonna get hit they take like three hearts of damage from you so. <laughs> Ugh. 
A bit of trivia. Did you know that it was the original intention to make uh, the castle basically Ganondorf or Ganon? You're supposed to scale him. Hmm. Ah, huh. that would have been different. But then they just they found out the N64 just couldn't handle that. Then I don't know how that would have worked though. That's why they made like Xenoblade. Kind of like yeah, Shadow of the Colossus kind uh, of thing. Bionis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. <laughs> Get yeah that would have been, been awesome. But I'm happy with the way it ended. I thought it was epic, and I like that fight against like that pig-looking, which is, again, more like the Link to the Past Ganon that we're yeah, used the, to. The, yep. The Ganon from Link to the Past, yep. Yeah, this Pick one was just Ganon. Like, they put in a huge, bold font as you fight. <laughs> yep. He knocks your sword, so you have to fight him. I, I think he, I use the hammer. Is, is there any other way to do it? With the giant, with the Bagoron sword, Begoron. if you have it, you can use that. But like I said, like that shit's hard to get. Yeah, use the hammer. Uh, do you guys roll between his legs to try and hit the tail? Yes. What? Yeah. No. That's do too... That's, go under him. You're being a tryhard. I... I hit him with the arrow and then and then hit the tail. Really, the arrow works. I didn't know that. Yeah, it stuns him. Ah, that would have been helpful. I use Nehru's love as a, a shield. That works. It's the only time I use Nehru's love. You guys yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find myself using the uh, the powers a lot, unless you had to use them for like to solve puzzles. Yeah, like that so. one time you gotta use Din's fire to light a thousand torches. <laughs> the torches, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I love it. You guys just Dark Souls your way through this fight. I just cheated, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you can use like a bottle or something. Oh, really? I don't know. I oh. tried it. It wasn't working for me, so I don't... Like to hit his tail? You can use, hit something him with a Something like that. Yeah, you can use a bottle to attack. I don't know. This is what I've heard. That's weird. That's the game. Do you guys like the credit sequence? Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, cool. lo I loved it. With the uh, everyone happy. Yeah. Singing. It's nice to see everyone come together again, and like, you know, King Ruto next to like a little Kokiri kid like sitting by a fire and like. <laughs> yeah, aren't they in the the Lawn Lawn Ranch too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and they look up and like all the sages like fly by or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty good ending sequence. It's just uh, very rewarding in my opinion, just to see every everyone you know back to normal and happy. There's something yeah. very emotional about like the the transpiring of events in this game. Like you know, like there's this huge buildup. I guess when you when you enter into the adult years of seeing like the 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 effects of Ganondorf's reign over seven years and then like seeing the efforts of like ending it how do you guys feel yeah. about the development of the, the story no I think that's one of the most rewarding parts of the game you know as you complete each temple you you, you see those areas come back to to normal and of course you know at the end you know that's kind of kind of like the culmination of of your efforts you know bringing everything everything back to normal Yeah, I putting in the master sword, putting it back is so it's such like a perfect way to kind of end that and knowing that you you're just going to go back. Yeah, you got to get your childhood back. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember that that moment was uh, pretty pretty emotional for me when I first beat the game. You know, you know, talking to Zelda for one last time, and you know, you know, you have to go back. It's a shame because you're so accustomed to like this adult life at this point. <laughs> and it almost makes it, it almost negates like everything you've done in a way. Although it doesn't because there is closure, you know, Ganondorf sealed um, by the sages. You see him like going into this manic state. Depends oh, yeah. on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I hate. I know we talked a little bit about the Hyrule Historia and the, I guess, development of the timeline, you know, years after this game was completed. Uh, I kind of hate how the timeline timeline kind of like i guess breaks off in ocarina of time and the two scenarios are you know one link fails and it it kind of bothers me because this is for me my favorite zelda game and uh, by default you know i i love this particular version of link and knowing that he's the one that failed and he's the reason why <laughs> the time like broke you know it's kind of like i don't know disheartening for me you're like um, not yeah. my link yeah yeah <laughs> not only that but like like when would like does that actually happen in the game? <laughs> like, is there actually a bad ending? No. Not when I played it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> unless Things you stopped to work in, out. Unless you stopped at the young link section. It's like, oh shit! I, you know, it's like you got to live as big for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. In the, let me pull. Up. Doesn't the the Wind Waker kind of take place in the failed version? Yeah, I think it breaks off. I, I forgot the. Uh, actual timeline but i think yeah with the wind waker i i think it happens in the failed timeline i think which is kind of cool kind of kind of neat um, i can kind of see how it makes sense though yeah because everything is underwater and um yeah wind waker is another great game yeah Just, you know, after when you, uh... temple, when you get to the temple of time for like the first time i mm. you know I, that was pretty epic yeah so the hero, the hero is defeated, is followed by a link to the past, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, Link's Awakening, The Legend of Zelda, and then the Adventure of Link. The hero is successful, which is our ending, mm -hmm. is followed by Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and then Four Swords, Hyrule Adventure. I didn't know that was even a story. And then adult era Ganondorf sealed that's a wind waker one right that one is uh ganondorf is revived hyrule is sealed and flooded wind waker phantom hourglass and spirit tracks which are those kind of all can go together um wait what is sacred realm protected versus ganondorf sealed isn't our isn't our ending ganondorf sealed Yes, because he got sealed at the end. So oh, so that is our ending. Leads to the Wind Waker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the The last one is um, is when like Hyrule gets sealed. the the other The, the other one is mm. Ganondorf. I think it's just the way it's worded is kind of weird. But wait, doesn't that like happen in like Breath of the Wild? Is like Hyrule sealed too? Oh, uh, Breath no. of the Wild was made before. Or after the Hyrule Historia, and oh, therefore does not does not fit on the timeline. That's true, and it's also no, kind know. of I'm like sure. an apocalyptic uh, scenario. It's after everything. I'm no, sure there's there's that's some another version. one. That's yeah. another one where um, they fail. 
the uh, the four uh, what was it called the four guardians or whatever. So that's another kind of like neg negative, um, hmm. I guess negative game in that sense because you know you play what a hundred years after um, you failed. So Ganondorf is reigning. So yeah, I'm not really sure where it falls in in the uh, timeline, hmm. but I know I, I know it's in in there somewhere. They because uh, I think. From now onwards, Nintendo they're they're gonna try and continue the the official timeline because I think that the timeline was sanctioned or approved by Eiji Onuma himself and Shigeru Miyamoto or something. Mm. So I've never read it, so I'm kind of like Cloud in this situation. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I have. I, 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 I haven't. Have I, have, I have. I have an article I, here that says Breath of the Wild has can be has been confirmed to be at the end of the Zelda timeline. Like, which very but last? It, but it says there's literally three different timelines, so they they never specifically say which one. At least from this this thing I have. What a stupid concept. Yeah, I, I never really. I I know I have the book, but you know that Hyrule Historia I used it more for just checking out the art, artwork and and things like that. Yeah. The the. I liked I liked how Skyward Sword kind of it's like the the providence of the series. You know, mm. uh, I think it's uh, kind of like a good story how it sets everything up. Um, but other than that, you know, wh whatever happens after in in the other games, it's just not not my favorite how 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 it was uh, treated, if you will. I'm okay to consider this as like its own standalone narrative. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Oh yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be part of any kind of storyline. Yeah, I think all Zelda games, like, well, I think they were all made with that intention, pers uh, with that intention, was that they were all just made to be just one story itself. Yeah, with maybe the exception of Majora's Mask, which, you know, it's clearly a, a guess, sequel. Zelda 2, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Zelda 2, yeah, like, I mean, that stuff I can understand, but, you know, like, when it comes to, like, you know, like, like with Link to the Past and you know Ocarina of Time, yeah, like I can see those like being like totally like just their own thing. Mm. Yeah, it's like asking me to consider my own life as like a continuation of my great grandfather in Greece. Like I don't, I don't know how to compare those like my <laughs> life now in America. Well, <laughs> also, I mean the maps are different. So like. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Um, I know. I think another one that has continuation is Phantom Hourglass and the Spirit Tracks. I I've never beat Phantom Hourglass because I'll be honest that that was like the first Zelda game that I was just disappointed um, in how it played. So yeah, I should probably thanks. just jump straight to Spirit Tracks. But um, I didn't. I, I'm not a fan of Phantom Hourglass uh, at all. Good luck. Oh, I don't like it either. <laughs> Spirit Tracks is another uh, I don't stinker. Know. People, people seem to like it, but I, I couldn't get through it twice. So, wow. No, th to me, those Game Boy ones are really where it's at. Um, I think uh, they have they bring back some of these things in interesting ways too. Like Jabu Jabu is brought back in a, not as heinous a way um, that I really like. I really like the use of the Gorons too. Yeah, the. Uh... That's another area where I need more, more playtime because I, I haven't played the Oracle games, uh, you know the the two games that Capcom uh, developed back in the day. 
So that's on my to-do list. And I There's guess the, third. The, I guess the uh, two DS games uh, as well, which you know I tried Phantom Hourglass and I just couldn't finish it. But hopefully, I can go back to Spirit Tracks and see if if, it, if I like it or not. There's yep. there's a third Capcom game, Minage Cap. That's my favorite. Yeah, that one's oh, yeah. good. That's that was the one on the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was a good one, with your hat, talking hat, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's the explanation of how Link's hat got created. Yeah. It's the story everyone wanted to know. <laughs> story yeah, that was of a... Zelda miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> Let me bring us back to to Ocarina here for for uh, a minute or two. Um, Post mapping it out. What what are some some findings you guys stumble on, or kind of like takeaways? It to to me, to me, I mean, it's a very special game. You know, being able to play it back in the day, it was such a, um, I don't know, magical game. Really, it it really took that concept of a three D game and and elevated it to to like a super high bar for for other games of, of you know similar games introduce a lot of um innovative things like the z targeting system and you know back in the day the graphics were top notch uh, the concept of the day and night cycle um you know, controlling the weather for for me it's just a magical game because you know i was growing up and playing that game um just brings a lot of good memories for me and for me, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, I agree. It's the greatest, great, greatest game of all time for me personally. Um, I know it's, I, I guess, cliche. You know, uh, a lot of review uh, reviewers and gaming publications also hail this as the perfect game. But that's how I truly feel. It's not because everyone else thinks that way. It's what I personally feel. The, the characters, the, I guess the the story, even though it's kind of on the simple simpler side, uh, I enjoyed just about everything. You know, the characters, the story, um, just the progression of the game. To me, it's a really, uh, you know, a, a, a perfect game. You know, we talked about Mario sixty four in a map out prior to this. It's it's in the records. Go check it out. But when I think of that game and this game, I think of two like juggernaut series that were trying a lot of things and they were, they were making attempts and just seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work. And for better, or for worse, Mario 64 shows a lot of the negative sides. When we mapped it out, it was just like, Oh, that didn't age well. And boy, I'm glad they stopped doing that. And like um, a lot of slow parts, a lot of things like, like the hub world where we're like, eh, it's kind of cool, but kind of empty. Like wish they'd done more of it. It, to me, it's like the reverse with Zelda. They tried so many things and did it so well that I think more games copied this than Mario 64. And I'm glad that they did. Um, this was just an experiment gone right. That was, I mean, like kind of like Bruno Sabret said it better than I ever could, but it's just like, Everything about it, every, every game to this date takes from it. Like you, if you if you had this game, and then like went into a time machine and went forward, you know, twenty years, you're like, oh, that's like in Zelda where you do this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Like everything gets pulled from this game. It's like the granddaddy. 
Chris, where do you stand? <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it my turn yet? <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, you know, I, 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 I still think it's a great game. I still, I loved it a lot. I love the, yeah, I like the simple story. I don't think every story needs to be the most convoluted thing to be good. Like as long as it has like good characters and good settings and all that, which it does. So I loved all that. I love just the, the fact of just adventuring in, in that aspect. I thought it was great. And, um, yeah, like what you said, Spencer, I definitely do agree that it is a, um, it definitely did like improve a lot over what you said with uh, Mario 64. Like there were more games that got um, inspired by this game. I mean, hell, even like an Indiana Jones like copied this game's like <laughs> like freaking uh, hub. <laughs> like uh, so, there's that, and um, yeah, no, I just think uh, it, it's really damn good. I believe it or not, as much as I love this game. It's probably, like, my third favorite Zelda for me personally. In case you're wondering what my first two are, that would be uh, Twilight Princess and Link to the Past. But, of course, you know, like, my mood could always change with a lot of my favorite games. But I think, like, as of right now, though, I would say that it it is probably my third favorite Zelda game, Ocarina of Time. Zelda's interesting because... It's such like a, a high praised series that saying it's your third favorite of the series still means it could easily be one of the top ten games ever. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Along with the uh, Waluigi of time. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> uh, is Waluigi the only mod in that game? Like is everything else is the same or Yeah, everything any... else is the same. Yeah. It's just Waluigi. And he also has the voice too. Yeah, I I noticed that during your your yeah. stream. <laughs> yeah, so that that was great. But I know there was another mod I saw where um someone actually made it so you get to play as Ganondorf. Where when you're a kid, you're <laughs> like one of those skeleton things that appear on Hyrule Fields. <laughs> and then sad. when you're an adult, you're you're Ganondorf. But I wonder though, th who's in Ganondorf's place? Is it Link? <laughs> if so, that'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Te young, young Teddy, <laughs> Teddy, post map out now that we've seen everything. What do you think of oh, Ocarina man. of Time? Uh, I spoke about reality versus realism earlier in the the episode, but also um, I've I've read and I, I'm still trying to parse out this perspective. But you brought up Mario 64, how that's an experiment, and this is an experiment. These are both experiments in 3D. Uh, Nintendo has taken the stance that. Um, in Mario 64, it's a game where you take the perspective of Mario, but in Zelda Ocarina of Time, you take the perspective of the map, or like the, the world, which I, mm. I still try to grasp my head around. Um, regardless, if I think about this, this idea of immersing yourself into the reality that is Hyrule in Ocarina of Time... I've I've managed to continually play this game over the years and and find myself able to do so and and not like too separated from that experience. It is a magical experience, you know, in the words of Bruno. I think there is a real magic and a real charm to all of the areas here and though there are nuisances and annoyances with several components of the map and though most if not I say most of the dungeons um, are not perfect and have imperfections. I can still look past them and appreciate it. I think it really does come across as an experiment and you get the sense that there were multiple teams behind different uh, dungeon aspects or even certain writing. I think some of the writing got 
quirky towards like the later half of the game, um, Spirit Temple and Gerudo Valley especially. Um, but I think it's just such a lush and lively and a well-imagined world and uh, with well-imagined characters. And I think that's that's part of my love of it and and part of the reason I can go back and experience that. I, you know, it's for, for a 25-year-old game, for it to be so rich in these things, in characters, in worlds, in lore, the fact that we can even debate the lore is, I think it's outstanding. And, you know, just, just looking at like the different areas of the map and how much of, how much conversation that led to, what are we at, three hours now? That's Something like that. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so that's, that's my impression. I think, uh, I think the reality of Ocarina of Time is that, um, you know, though, though I may have nostalgia goggles on, um, I, I think there is a lot to experience there. So when people ask like, why should I play this? You know, um, I would say just play it and see if see if you feel similarly. See if you feel compelled to to become interested in the worlds and the characters, etc. I am. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah, if any game gets a ten out of ten, it's Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Even if it's not your favorite, I notice that a lot of people say that Zelda: Ocarina of Time is not their favorite, and that includes me. Yeah, me um, but it's to me. I always say it's still probably the best. Mm. Like you, like I like Minish Cap more. I like Majora's not, Mask more. So. It's not better than Ocarina of Time. I mean, Ocarina of Time is like a perfect game. <laughs> it's yeah, just I... Minish Cap is more to my taste, but but Ocarina of Time is basically perfect. I think when you when you differentiate, you know, we all have our favorites, but when you're trying to be like neutral and you know trying to trying to gauge a, a game i think ocarina of time really has or checked all the uh, the boxes you know it was released especially when you consider this game was released in 1998 so um to me that's uh that's a testament of, of how good the, the you know the game is yeah. yeah 1998 was a fantastic year when you really think about it yeah Right, you heard it here first, folks. It stands the test of time. Approved. Hell yeah. Mapper approved. Awesome. That's a map out. Let's do it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> Just the water temple. Water temple map out. Live stream. 24 hour live stream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a great wall. I really like the texture. <laughs> good this floor is so good <laughs> I, oh i'm gonna try and catch the fish where's is there a fish is it, oh no that that was just a, a tektite <laughs> i thought you were gonna up it up teddy because i know you beat this game with the uh, three three hard run Thought you you were gonna play blindfolded or something this time around. That's good. I could do that. I could do that next year. <laughs> I could do uh, Zelda, but without the sword. There you go. Just the hammer. Hammer time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. It's been an absolute blast. 
thank you guys for the invite. I really enjoyed this and uh, I'm honored, uh, honestly, to 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 be invited because you know it's my favorite game of all time. So uh, always a joy to to discuss and talk about Ocarina of Time. So thank you for the invite. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I'm always down for talking about video games. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm always, I'm always happy about that. So yeah, thanks guys. Cool. Much respect, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> You're gonna go take a nap out. Yes. Nap out. From map out. <laughs> to nap out. To nap out, yeah.